What's up, ladies and gentlemen? The Podfather Nate here from the Journey into Comics podcast, the flagship show of the Journey into Comics network. I just want to make sure you guys know you can tune in every single Monday for a brand new episode of our show, where if it's comic book related, we've got you covered. The following, following. the following is a journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. To a nicer guy, it couldn't happen. I'm the man of the hour. The man with the power. Diamonds are forever. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. Then what you gonna do, Andre? History beckons the Macho Man. Yeah. The best there is. The best there was. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Two words for you. Two words. The is Do I have everybody's attention now? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Journey into Wrestling. It's season three, episode eight. I am your host, Nate. We are live from Lafayette at the North End Pub, and we, as my guest joining me, back for the first time in for way too motherfucking long. Welcome back, Brando. What's up, Dudorinos? You are the co-founder of the Journey into Comics Network. Yeah. And you're back. Yeah. And we are here to talk a whole lot of wrestling. There's a lot going on. You know, there is, and of course, this is the, now they've officially established the Big Four mantra. They've, you know, for for every one of the Big Four, the Rumble, Mania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, they always couple that in with almost a whole weekend, a whole myriad of events. And of course, the, like, Mania and SummerSlam are like the bigger of the two, but then, you know, you have the Rumble and you have Survivor Series that, that are more of a gimmicky type thing that also includes, like, from the takeover perspective, they now included that into the whole weekend of gimmicks as well with the second consecutive year of War Games. What an amazing evening War Games was. I love that you led us right into there because, uh, you know, watching last night, uh, when you watch a, a takeover event, you're never sure who's going to steal the show. It's like they have time and time again stars. Oh, welcome. Joining us, uh, the are you owner, co-owner, owner. One of the owners of the North End Pub, Mr. Casey Taylor. How's it going? How Pretty excited. Good. Let me see if I can get your mic a little bit louder. Keep talking. Keep talking. Talk about war games. Yep. That's what we're going to be getting into. Oh, yeah. Diving right into it. So this was an interesting war games because only four matches on the card last mm-hmm. night. And that was one thing that stood out. Uh, right out of the gate, we had an amazing match. Uh, Casey, I want to get your opinion on this right out of the gate. What did you think of the Kyrie Sane, uh, Shayna Baszler rematch, uh, two out of three falls? I thought it was a pretty good match. I thought it set up the whole future of the four horsewomen, really getting them involved, and especially after the Becky Lynch thing this week. Absolutely. I think it's just going to bring a lot of heat to that. Absolutely. Uh, I think that uh, those two have worked an amazing program against each other. This is the third time they faced off that first match at the TakeOver during WrestleMania weekend, I think it was. Where they were also the finals of the Mae Young, too. And right? the finals of the Mae Young so that, Classic. So they've got this like long-storied rivalry. Then they swapped the title there for a second, didn't they? They did. Kyrie yeah. Sane steals it. with the, She's in the Kirifuda clutch and rolls over into a pin and beats uh, Shayna Baszler. And then Shayna gets the kind of BS assist from the Four Horsewomen, the last rematch that cost Kyrie Sane. And then 
they got involved yet again mm-hmm. and almost set the tone for this event. But uh, what an interesting build on that match. I really like the idea. Okay, so this is, you know, them, them adding a gimmick to it pretty much signifies that, okay, this is going to be the blow-off, you know. This is going to be the end of the feud. But with the two out of three, they were able to you could accomplish two things, and that were, you know, keep Shayna strong, you know, as well as keep building Kyrie, you know, and you don't hurt her too much coming out of this because of the odds that were against her, you know, and then of course she did get, you know, a fall victory over there. So, the, so you have that and coming out of it, the losing on the losing end, you know, her stock isn't devalued that much. Because it's like a stolen victory. In a way, yeah, yes. I mean, but then again, you also have like the the sheer war and the uphill battle. And then you still have that classic heel mantra going on with Shayna. And, you know, I mean, the thing is, is that, it, it, and, and I've always thought this for certain people, like the big giants or Brock Lesnar or even like uh, for her, for somebody who is that much of a real badass to get that a real good effective heat, they almost have to be that chicken shit. And it's like, how do you believe that they're really a chicken shit? You know, but but when you put that other two people in there and you have them against it, it's almost like that this oppressive, like, no, I don't want them. Those those are dirty cheaters, you know? Yeah, Jasmine Duke is one of the two. I know her from Ultimate Fighter. I don't know the other lady's name, actually. I is the other one Roderick Strong's wife. Yeah, I think so. She's one. I, I couldn't. I think that's right. But yeah, like uh, the other thing I like about this is now this is a feud that's gone on for over a year now, mm-hmm. which at NXT you don't really see because it's always kind of that little feud, hand off the title, you're up. And really these two girls were kind of put in a tough spot because they had that mass exodus of talent last year. Yeah. And these two kind of had to hold the belt Be up. the division. Yeah. Really, totally be year. the division. Uh, do you think Kyrie has a possibility to sneak her way into Survivor Series and be a part of that five-on-five five that's missing one member? I think she could. I mean, I really thought whoever lost last night is probably not long for NXT. Yeah, because you're, I mean, you're not going to, Kyrie Sane can't keep losing to Shayna Baszler over and over. That doesn't really help her. We also have to have to consider the changes that they're looking at doing to the NXT program into the next year with them making changes to the network and adding a tiered subscription plan to that. And making you, you don't know this? No, this is news to me actually. Okay, so like Bring it on. on the last uh, uh, stockholders call or whatever they did, they pretty much confirmed that starting next year, at some point, they're going to be adding a tiered subscription service, where you know the more money flowing in of that, they're going to be able to extend NXT to two hours and maybe, maybe even shop it to an actual network. Interesting. So therefore, you like not only is it. Just a one-hour show every week that's there to build people up. You're building it to an actual different type of brand for the company. That is also, you know, utilized to help bring, bring people over to the other shows. But maybe, like, what they tried to do with the ECW brand when they relaunched it. Try to make it in there. It's, like, obviously a notch lower, but it's, like, there with the it's, others. It's still the same company, but it's almost its own different entity. Well, and, and I really feel like they are able to do that with NXT anyway. Like, the stuff that we were watching back, like, ten years ago, your Ring of Honors and your TNAs things that were uh, carrying this other level of, you know, pace, the X division, all the, you know, that indie pace, WWE was like, we want that, but we're going to make that our own. Totally. And and so they slapped that NXT brand on there and all of a sudden it's on their network and you're getting almost that indie vibe out of that, but it's still WWE produced and they can say, yeah, see, we can do it and we can do it better than you guys. I mean, some would argue that NXT yet again. I mean, we haven't had Survivor Series yet. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're building to that. But 
you could almost say NXT already stole the weekend. Right. It, well, it does every time. That's <laughs> kind of the funny thing about it is every single time there's a takeover, I can't remember the last time where I thought the WWE Sunday night event was actually better than the takeover. I agree. You couldn't even remember. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And to be fair, they're two different you know, products, really, because you have the more uh, higher uh, echelon main roster appealing to the masses. I, f- I feel like NXT can appeal to the masses, but it really adheres to the hardcore wrestling fan. Like, that is their target market. They know it, and they pretty much, they f- you give them their plate, your, your plate, and they, and they say, oh, you want some of this, you want some of this, you want some of this, and they're just like, all right, now go next. And the next person comes up, and they get their plate filled, and you, you get almost everything thing you, that you want out of those shows. They do a great job creating feuds. The athleticism is mm-hmm. there. These guys are all creative and inventive and not afraid to try new things. Uh, we get a lot of that when we talk about the War Games match, especially mm-hmm. innovation. Uh, I do want to shortly mention that Matt Riddle match that didn't wasn't really a match, like 14 seconds or something. Yeah. I don't really get it. You know that he keeps going around saying he wants to beat Brock Lesnar? That doesn't... It doesn't make sense to me. Did you see the interview with Triple H after the event? No. All right. So, like, basically what what I read, like, the word is on the sheets. Okay. Uh, is that they wanted to do this, like, a debut, but they didn't want to announce it as a match because they didn't want people to feel disappointed. Oh, damn. <laughs> well, like, as far as, like, it being that short. Okay. So it was kind of, like, uh, impromptu type type thing. But, like, Triple H is like, you see this guy, and you think he's a buffoon. You think he's just a goof. He's here, and he's like, what are you doing here? And the next thing you know, like, you're talking to him, and you realize how deeply embedded and how much he wants it and how, like, down here, his heart is in it. He's got that Miz drive. Yes, yes, great. It's, it's what he, you know, it's something that he wants to do because he has love and respect for what it is, not just, hey, I did this other thing, and now I can come here and be a success. Yeah, well, I, my take on the match was more what happened to Cassius Ono. Like, I'm excited to see Riddle and see what he does, but it was just such a... So is he done? Yeah. You know, like, and, why and, do they keep knocking him down? Well, here's the thing. He doesn't got that Vince body. You know, I mean, that's well, what. And, and there's that. But there's one thing that, that, that he is doing. He is a guy that worked the indie scene for how long? How many 15, years? 15, 15 years, years, I think, 16. He is a veteran. He is never going to be, unfortunately, a big name drawing star. So what they're doing is use, utilizing him here on this roster to help everybody else. Supplement the talent. You know, what? it's like, hey. You talk to this guy. He knows. He knows how to work a crowd. He knows how to work. He knows how, you know. Definitely, like people who work with him come out the better for it. And so he is your uh, ninety, like early nineties version. Uh, this is weird. This is a weird little uh, comparison, but to Arn Anderson. Okay. Like I never believed Arn Anderson was ever going to be a world heavyweight champion, but he was always there, always getting involved, and he hardly ever won <laughs> unless it was by you know cheating. But True. like, but he always made other people better. And I feel like that's what they're utilizing him for because they, I don't, you know, know, there's always that chance. Okay, he could go up to the main roster, but the main roster, look at what they're like they're doing with Bobby Roode right now and how much more they could be utilizing him. It's probably my biggest complaint right now on the Mm -hmm. active roster next to Finn. Finn and Bobby are my biggest complaints with what they do with it. But yeah, I mean, the NXT, it helps them to have a veteran because you can't just all have a bunch of early to mid 20 year olds running around back there. Like, there's got to be some voice of, old school kind of mm-hmm. how you have to handle yourself how you have to work in the ring and i think you know he can collect the paycheck but sadly he's there that's well, kind of his ceiling and it helps too because it, you can talk to h you can talk to the agents you can talk to those guys and get that but to be out there with them working with them and the dude's like all right what you just did 
now, you know, you know, walk them through it. Move your timing you know, like, a little it's bit. It's almost like learning on the job, you know, and it's like, all right, now we're going to the next night. Do you remember what we did last night? Here's what we're going to do and we're going to try it and it's going to work and I'm going to, and I'm going to show you why. Cassius Ono is on the job training. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's real. Yeah. But I mean, those guys, they need it, you know, especially the, especially the young and up and comers who are probably at the house shows that aren't getting put on television, who are doing dark matches, who are like not yet ready for the television time, but will move up to that once the next round of the next class of NXT. Developmental runs in, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you, uh, do you think there's a storyline possibility in the future coming where a WWE main roster guy goes backwards on purpose and says, this is the land of opportunity. This is where it's happening. Like Those guys are old and doing it wrong. I want to make my name here now, even if they never were Mm -hmm. a part of NXT. They actually have said that they have seen nothing. Like, like there's nothing. If somebody says they want to do that, they'll be like, go. Interesting. Well, because think about it. Like, Well, Drew McIntyre kind of had to do that, recreate himself, and it actually mm-hmm. does help him. I mean, he didn't do exactly what you said, but there is kind of a, if you lose him, you make him kind of come through NXT. Because that's one mm-hmm. thing I do like they do, is when they bring in other talent, unless it's super upper echelon talent, you kind of have to go through their little system. Totally. Right. And then you had like uh, a few years ago, Cesaro went down and worked a program with Sami Zayn. He was already on the main roster. Sami wasn't. But they had history on the indies. So like, okay, go in there and show us what Sammy can do. And our, because there is a difference. They, they don't want you to work your indie style. It's almost like they beat that out of you. Like all that stuff you learned, cool. Forget it. Transpose it. There's some who can and some who can't. And I think uh, as you know, somebody who I never would have thought that they would have been into, somebody who I thought would have trouble coming into this environment, the, and those two guys are AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, and they both acclimatize themselves to what they want in, on the main roster that they want to see, the kind of stories that they want to be seen told in a style, you know. Absolutely. Uh, and, the, and, and the NXT and the Performance Center, that's what that's for. That's to sort of like re-educate you. It's like, all right, you know what you're doing, but now let's, let's really teach you. You know the finer tunes of what because because you can go and re, you you could work indie shows and that's cool, but we're television, it's different. Absolutely, uh, I got to ask. We'll move forward a little bit here. So the Kyrie Zane match is first up. Then we had uh, the Alistar Black Johnny Gargano match yeah. next. Oh man, hard hitting, blood just blood feud through and through. We were laughing earlier. Do you remember in Chicago Takeover when there was the awful. Uh, fade to black, and he, you know, came up short on uh, what's his name, the ugly dude, and he sat there. Oh, uh, Lars, Lars Sullivan, yeah. and, and Lars tried to sell it, and it missed him by a foot. Totally, you know, like, yes, missed him by a foot. And Tommy and I were talking ever since that moment. He is knocking people's heads off. Oh yeah, he <laughs> like, does not miss. He doesn't want to miss, man. But that uh, he did the black mass, ended it with the second knee strike, and then did another black mass. Um, this was a brutal match that they've just done a great job of setting the seeds a long time ago and letting this build. I just want to say that, like, one thing that I will say about, like, an NXT show is that they have a little bit more freedom to cut the pace that they want to cut. And their pace, it, it was almost like they wanted to go out there and they wanted to tell, you know, all the other guys the next two matches to come, beat that. Well, that's what was so funny about last night was when I got done watching that, I was like, man, that's a good early match and then the next one happened and it was yeah. like man that was a great match it's the- almost you're tired watching it 
you know. But yeah, by the time it's all done, you're just like, time for a nap. Uh, yeah, dude. I, I recorded a podcast after. I was fucking exhausted. <laughs> you know, like I'm like, oh my gosh, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. And I think from what we were kind of talking earlier about too is why NXT is so great is because those guys are going to use that stage. They only get five a year. So when those guys are out there, they know this is their time. Where a lot of the WWE, they're already thinking, oh, I got to get on this plane tomorrow. We're going here. You know, it always feels like they're almost kind of preparing for the next show where these guys are like, you know, if I kill tonight, I could get a call tomorrow. Yeah. And then throw everything out the window that I know and learn it all again because I'm on the road 24-7. Because you know they're already looking at, like, and shaping the Rumble and what that's going to be. I mean, it's not finalized yet. Of course, in in WWE, nothing is hardly ever finalized, especially with all the curves and all the different things that they've kind of set forward going into the last two years. It's almost like going into Survivor Series. It's like, or, you know, because last year they had that big bout of whatever illness went around. Oh, the uh, the stomach flu right yeah. before I remember that, and then it was like, and of course this year it was uh, it was leukemia this year. Yeah, Jesus, that's a crazy thing. I mean, and, and then and then just just like this past week, Becky. Oh, that's another hurt, crazy thing you know? to talk about. Yeah, and then last year was a Bobby Fish right about this time. Mm-hmm. You know, like Roderick Strong, I do not believe joins undisputed if he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, I, I agree with I that. Agree. You know, he so was on a totally different path. And they just they did a smart swerve. I actually to jump forward. I thought that that was a thing they were going to do last night in War Games as well. I was expecting Pete Dunn to actually turn and join Undisputed Era, but they did not go that route. Um, back to what you said about the Rumble and shaping it, Alistar Black Rumble. I think it's time. That'd be nice. Like that'd be a even, massive pop. Even if that's not his one hundred percent like uh, debut. Yeah. Like. Every year they always try to bring up one or two or something like that. I think his, I think he, he would get a big ass reaction for that. Do you remember the first year they did Ty Dillinger at ten? Ten, and everybody fuck they marked out. It was amazing. Yeah, they really worked that angle, and then and they then, did it like three years in a row now. Yeah, ten, ten, and then ten, the like rest one. of the time they don't do anything with them. <laughs> Nothing. It's like he keeps getting that number. It's like come on now. <laughs> I think it'd be funny if one year like like it wasn't ten, and then he's eleven. <laughs> He's just like, okay, like, I guess, <laughs> whatever. Uh, I loved the Johnny Gargano match. Do you think this feud is over with these two Alistar Black, Johnny Gargano? Was It'll that a probably blow off? lead up into Rumble, and I could see, because they're both kind of in that, oh. you know, like he's had, Alistair's had the belt, he's done that, and I just really hope something that the WWE has not done a good job of lately is they build up all these storylines in NXT, and they bring them up, and they don't use them. And it's like there's else like if you guys are keep building these storylines with these guys like use them they're made stars easy super easy I just feel like like their creative team doesn't know what to do with them a lot of times I, I, you know that's happened with Bobby and why he's teaming that you know that's going on right now with Bray Wyatt Bray's ready to come back but they have nothing for him you know Harper you know or Rowan gets hurt and the Harper's like all right and then he's like and they're like yeah we got nothing for you right now and then he ends up going getting surgery on his wrist or whatever. It just so happens, like, all right, they don't have anything for me anyway, so I'm not really, you know, sitting on the shelf. If I'm going to be sitting on the shelf, you might as well take care of yourself, whatever you need to do. But that is a big unfortunate thing is I feel like you got all these big-time writers, 20 writers, whatever it is they have now, and then they go and then they write all this stuff and they get to Monday and Vince is like, no, and then they rewrite everything. It's like, well, you guys are paying these people to come up with these ideas, and then you're just... You're just saying, no, we don't want those. Here's this... I think that Vince will not die. Ever. I hate to say it like <laughs> that. 
<laughs> like he sees what Triple H is doing with NXT, and he's like, "That's good, but I can do better, kid." It's you funny know? because Vince will actually like he'll be backstage at Takeover, uh, and then uh, what was it? Evolution had a more of a Takeover type feel, you know? Yeah, I but, can say that. But Vince ran that show. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I always think it's interesting to think where NXT started, where it is now, and the fact that every weekend it just kills it. And every time we have these one weekends, Monday, you're waking up and you're talking about Saturday night, Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder how much that bothers Vince. Like, oh, he God. almost likes to take those NXT dudes and push them away and be like, see, Hunter, they're not stars. Do you also think, though, that maybe part of it is Vince has, like, a, a self-sabotage internally? Like, because he keeps screwing up these storylines. He keeps screwing up these ideas. They start building something, and you're like, oh, I see what they're going to do. It's going to be great. And they try to swerve you, but then it's just really awkward. Like, he keeps coming up short, and I think that's where people do talk about Sunday. It's like, well, how did they screw it up? When was the title change for this supposed to happen that made the most sense, but they totally didn't give whoever their shot? The one that instantly comes to mind is, I remember when Shinsuke and AJ Styles got in the ring at Money in the Bank, and 10,000, 12,000 people just stood up, goosebumps. I mean, it's like what we wanted to see. And he turned it into a fraternity bar dick punching contest. You know, like it's 3 a.m. up on campus or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, just let him wrestle, dude. Just let him do let him wrestle. Yeah. yeah, that is something that like really astounded me. And and I, I guess like the one thing like from Mania this year that you could say that it was over and over like three different times. Like it's like okay, this is what's gonna happen. And then like with the whole Oscar, uh, she won the Rumble. Okay, against Charlotte. She's probably going to win. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, then so then Shinsuke and AJ. Okay, no? Shinsuke, no. Really? Lesnar and Reigns. Well, okay, okay, of course that's going to... No, what? <laughs> and it's like everybody in the crowd was almost having that same thing of like, okay, so you swerved us, which we like, but you didn't swerve us how we wanted you to swerve us. And now we're just confused. <laughs> yeah, the Les. I can tell you because we were at Mania, the we're- Lesnar... Reigns match. I was like, we. You almost felt bad for the guys in the ring because no one cared. People were flipping beach balls. There was actually yeah. people that got up and started leaving. I mean, you're WrestleMania. This is the main event, and people literally just kind of got up. Sure Some is. people left. People are throwing around beach balls. I mean, a nine year old kid did win a belt earlier, so that was. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. What was his name again? Oh. Nikki Nicholas. Right? Yeah, Nicholas. Nicholas and Braun Strowman are reigning. Brandon convinced he was mini Braun Strowman and he was going in there. <laughs> okay, that would have been awesome. But, but then Nicholas, they ended up trying to turn Braun go with heel it. for a minute. That was weird, also. And, and th- but then they like. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, we actually our top guy's sick, so we need him face again. I tell you what, they've uh, Reigns is going to be so over when he returns. Can I just you, say? Well, like, the thing is, like, do you have any genuinely, idea? Genuinely, because like his story is so good now. Like, <laughs> like I, I hate then, to say how it like much, that. How big of assholes are the crowd going to be? Like, feel like they are. If they're still going to boo him. You can't. No, you can't. No. It makes you a bad. That's being. exactly why <laughs> he's going to be even more over. It makes you a bad person. Well, because then, of course, of course, they're going to tell the. The big comeback story, the win, because that's written for you. It's almost like here's the script. All right, there it is. It's there. <laughs> but I mean, you and, and you're right because you look at it and it's like Reigns has had uh, run-ins where he's failed tests for the company and been pushed back and mm-hmm. lost titles when he was just anointed titles and forced to come back up through the ladder and whatnot, and then 
he's the champ. He's done it. They've they've sold that he's the universal champion. It's he's, almost like the crowd just accepted it. Like, he's right, like fine. he's like 80 percent over at this. Maybe maybe 60 percent over at this point. It to depends be honest, on the city. Depending on the city. And then the real shit happens, and the leukemia thing comes out, and you think next year, a year from now, if they bring him back at the Rumble, there will be no bigger pop. No. I mean that that's like a true that's like a life in the mixture of the art of wrestling. You, you have know, to reform. I mean it's so it it it'll be crazy, uh, or they'll just turn him into a heel completely yeah. unexpectedly and make him a dick to everybody. So then they have to boo him. That's what's that is exactly Vince's move. So I move. guess I guess the whole Ambrose turn was not even supposed to be against Rollins. It's supposed to be against Reigns. And they were going to build up in the Mania together, and that was going to be like the Raw Mania match. It was going to be Ambrose and Reigns. Shit. But then when that all this thing happened, then they fast-tracked it. So, and see, some people were wondering, you know, like, staring, I wouldn't have done it that night. I'm like, that was like the best wrestling angle I think I've seen. Because like, that got that Raw. Like, no one's going to cheer him that night. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> they are booing the life out of him. And in that, that was that old-school Ambrose, John Moxley, over, super disgusting heel. God, Johnny Moxley. Do you remember when he did that angle and tried to like get up against Mick Foley? Like <laughs> WrestleMania 29 or yeah, some shit? Like that. Yeah, uh, Before the shield broke in. Because they, they they debuted in 30, I think. Right? No, 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 no. It would, they, like, they were at 29. They, they debuted 2012. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay, okay. Uh, but uh, to get, let's just stir this back on track. So we have the NXT title match. You're wearing the shirt. Oh. He's the man. It's a dream, guy. don't forget. Mr. Takeover. Velveteen Dream. Mr. Takeover. I like that. That should totally stick. He is I, Mr. Takeover. Yeah, I mean, every time it's a big stage, he delivers. Every, yeah, every time. Alistar Black match was amazing. Uh, you the, had him in the six-pack match for the North American title, which was amazing. And then, of course, uh, him and Tommaso Ciampa. Brilliant match. I don't, Even I don't know the EC3, that was like a little bridge thing, and oh, he made yeah. that look good. You know, that was just a, we're not sure where these two guys are going. They're two good talents. Let's throw them together. And they both, he sold that whole little match. Talk about worked. someone who dropped off the radar. EC3, what has he been doing? Is he injured? I really don't know. Yeah, the last three weeks, I mean, he just... I forget he Maybe beat he a random him. jobber. Like, I forgot he was even in the NXT until you just said it legitimately. I mean, uh, but back to Velveteen Dream, man. He just, he knows how to tell a story. Came out as Hollywood Hogan, <laughs> which was, in some eyes, could be controversial well, a little bit. He's already come out as Hulk. Yeah. With the red and yellow Regular before. Hulk. But he was in Best Hollywood. Best tights in the game. Best tights in the game. The call me up Vince ones were great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> call me up Vince. Uh, that was at the Alistar Black, I think. Uh, I think it might have been the EC3 one. Yeah, yeah, it was him EC3, EC3. You're right. But yeah, dude, he's got the best tights. He in the reminds game. that reminds me so much of Rick Rude when he would come out with those specialized tights for whatever feud that he's in. Yeah, uh, the other thing that was funny was when he was on Tough Enough. Hogan was the one that really called him out, and they got into it because you know he told him the man the days of the big guys are over, and, and Hogan literally said, "What about me?" Well. You're 60, dude. Like, that was just so funny. And then everyone started hating on him, you know. And he's made a name for himself, man. Velveteen is, he's made money. He would be a great call up. Oh, yeah. About somebody who did not. He's a dude that he, he's done exactly what Vince likes. He makes a character. And he, he gets something that's over the top. He gets something that you could really do segments and skits with. And, you know, he's a super flamboyant. And I feel like that's something that 
that Vince will really seek his teeth into and say, what can I do with this kid? Well, the great thing for being a Velveteen fan is he's going to matter because he's a Vince guy. He, you know, I always tell people his age and it blows their mind. He was on the show. Like anybody that Vince has been with since ground zero, they're going to get their time. They're not getting shelved, you Mm -hmm. know, like the Bobby Roods and those guys, they weren't Vince guys. So they're always going to get to the back. The great thing about Velveteen dream is he's been a Vince guy since the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. He's so athletic. H talked about in his post post game interview sure. post game interview I love that <laughs> on eh, game get it ah. uh, I see what you did there uh, so because they, they said you know all this, that Velveteen he goes it's going to be scary where he's going to be and he's like it's scary where he is now yeah and he hasn't held any gold in he NXT held, well, and here's the thing you know that's just the thing you know, a lot of people hang their hats on gold and belts there's certain people who don't need that. Correct. Because a lot of times the belt helps them get over a little bit more. You know, like that, that's one reason why you never saw Jake Roberts with a belt. He had a snake. He didn't need a belt. Didn't he win the IC title? No. He never won a singles title. Really? Nothing. All. I mean, maybe that, that is he was actually television champion shocking. and Georgia Championship Wrestling like okay. way, way, way back when. But as far as like he never held a major title. Same with um, Ted DiBiase. Million dollar uh, title was made for him, obviously, well, but that's more of a gimmick than it's actually, a gimmick. Uh, but then you don't need like after that, you don't need because you got your own belt. You yep. bought it. Yep. You know, uh, fits it, the story. And it just like some guys just don't need it. They're already over enough, or they already have something else. You know, in a way, I mean, Andre never really he held that one okay. for, for fifteen seconds, but he, he's Andre the Giant. He doesn't need a belt. Exactly, eighth wonder of the world. Uh, so Tommaso Ciampa, what do you think about this guy, NXT champ? I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be a big dude. Long big tenured. Star. I mean, how much long? Do you know that he was in the ring with Undertaker a long time ago mm-hmm. in 2002? I think that's crazy. I yeah, think he's, he's not as young as you think. Like yeah. he's no. been around. Yeah. He's so I, think, I do have a question. I had a thought last night. Sure. Is there any way now that Ciampa's done his thing, and now they've ta- taken Johnny Wrestling, and he's done his kind of heel thing? Is there any way that in the future, since they've now had to go their own paths, make themselves tougher. Is there any DA, DIY return as bad guys together? It would be awesome. They would be so over. It would you just could be have ruthless. Gargano win the other singles, the North American title, and have them be like a tandem, but not necessarily focusing on tag team. It's almost like they got each other's backs, and then they team up. So I could then- see main roster them down the road getting back together. It's almost oh, yeah. like a, a Jericho Austin thing. When they teamed, right? Jericho and Austin well, teamed? Uh, Triple H. Triple H and Austin. That's was, right. it, was it Power Trip? Two-man Power Trip? Yeah, two-man so Something power like trip. that. It's more of an alliance than an actual team. Of course, it's a, of course, it's a callback to the DIY. But then, Which like, Johnny called back to in the match mm-hmm. with Alistar, actually, yeah. going for his uh, old-school DIY finish. Oh, yeah. No, uh, again, cutting pace. I mean, there's... Between Gargano and Velveteen and NXT, those two guys are the most athletic dudes that's a match on the roster like oh yes oh my and well okay other than other than guys like 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 a ricochet would be the only other guy but then again he's like he is like he's like a human pinball machine he works at a different speed that's that's, for sure. that's what i'm gonna be worried about when he gets called up who he's, he's working with because that's gonna matter because you, you know a lot ricochet, of the big do you think he's gonna get uh under shuffled into 205 i don't think i don't think that but i think uh Normally, the high flyers tend to get lost in the shuffle. 
because, you know, well, Vince, it's, it's no secret. Vince likes the bigger dudes. The, the high flyers have their spot on the card. Yeah. But unless you are like, like, I would say Velveteen is going to be favored because he, he's a more athletic guy and he does fly around and do some stuff. But he's got that other added dimension to his character. Yeah, he's and still 6'3", 220. Still, yeah. You know, like I just don't to agree with you. I don't see in three years where we're talking about Ricochet, Braun Strowman. You know, like I just don't see where they're going to ever give him. You know, Vince is always going to push the big guys. Exactly. That's not going to be, you know, if Ricochet gets a time, it's going to be with Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles. You know, Finn, those types of guys. Ricochet's got that kind of like Kofi Kingston, um, Evan Bourne-esque path. Sure. Where he's ultra-talented and can do it all. He's got a spot on the roster for sure. They're not going to give him enough, I don't think. Maybe, though. He's. I mean, he is North American champion right now. I mean, it's all in the eye of the beholder because you think you got to figure it out, and sometimes they get up there or, or they get on the roster, and they just get a fire under their ass, and they get the right crowd reactions and they're right... Everything's in the right spot, and sometimes those magical things do happen for those people. You know, it's like whoever would have thought that Daniel Bryan ever would have been on that top level, and all it took was for a chant. Yes. Because, I mean, personality-wise, he's kind of boring. I love that you have the DB shirt on, too. <laughs> yeah. Calm I had down. to dig it out of the closet. Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a hard sell being Joe Wrestler guy, mm-hmm. and that's what that's a sell. Yes. Yeah. Joe yes. wrestler guy. So, yeah, I mean, you have to be really good at that to make that work. Exactly. But, yeah, I mean, with Ricochet, I mean, to have, you can have moments, too. You know, that whole one with speaking of Velveteen Dream where he does the backflip out, plants it, just stands. Stares. Oh, man. Nothing better. That was amazing. And then, of course, you know, who's right there? Velveteen Dream. Uh, I think Velveteen is called up soon. I really do. I think he's on the cusp of being called I think up. that's another rumble. Uh, That'd possible. be another cool rumble. Like, boom, you think kids. the no belt thing? You think he's one of those guys they are not going to make him hold it for a at, while? I don't at know this if point, he needs it. Does he need it? I mean, no, again. I don't think so. I don't really think he needs it. And it's all a matter of, like, you know, is, is that whole thing, you know, them trying to expand NXT, is that going to happen? And are they looking at, like, well, we could use him on the main roster, but he's more money here helping building this brand and I think that's what we're going to be seeing and seeing what their plans are because like this whole like tiered subscription thing I've heard that for like a year and then it seems to like be building and building and then of course them expanding NXT possibly that could change how they're going to call people up they might not call as many people up as you think they would be ready because they want to still utilize them as it grows but they almost they also might be like okay we can send these guys up and then shuffle like an EC3 guy in and shuffle this other dude over here. And then we still have other younger guys coming up because, like, uh, you know, they still have a good amount of hands. Oh, yeah. To help I heard create the brand. On this podcast, I was driving around, listened to it, and I almost had to pull over because it blew my mind so hard. The active roster amount that there's 120 rostered wrestlers. That's an it's an insane amount of. People. It's ridiculous, it's ridiculous. It's crazy that there's that many people. And what do you do with them? It's like, okay. And then the next question is like, do, do you think at some point even further down the road, maybe a ten year plan NXT branches into a Raw SmackDown s thing where it branches off into its own <laughs> twofold thing? So you've almost got four brands here. Well, they almost already have because they've kind of splintered off UK. NXT UK. Oh, of NXT. Yes, yes. And so, and they're looking at doing that 
uh, they want to do that in other areas, not just the UK. They want to do that in other like like when they went down into the Middle East and when they went over to uh, like Australia, they're talking to people down there. They want to get other areas involved and grow that as a global brand. And the thing that's crazy about that, the hundred is last night. We all would agree, awesome pay per view. Totally four matches, four only yep. four, four. Sometimes less is more. And yeah, I mean, I, I hate when they do these cards with eleven matches and a bunch of them are six minute spots. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, like this. This yes. is going to be a lot of that tonight, I guess. Uh, yeah. Four hours uh, before we get to that, and we'll we'll talk predictions. We got in a one second. more thing. We do have one more thing because obviously the. Um, main entree of the evening was the war games match a little uh, bit more of a classic rendition this year with two teams yeah only three. two teams taking it like way back to the superpowers four horsemen era thing mm-hmm. way back in the first one i loved that um they told a really brilliant story with this you know across the board undisputed era is like the best team they won last year they have kind of just taken over nxt they're their own again to Harken back to the NWO, but they're like their own NWO style thing. They don't care. They run rough shot. They get what they want. So they get the advantage in the match to start with Always. two guys the instead of one, which is great. And I love that they back and forth build this, and and it was the momentum shift. It would be even, and as soon as it was even, like the War Raiders and team would be whipping ass on uh, on the Undisputed Era, but then. Pete Dunn gets locked in. That was great. Oh my god! I, I was it was so brilliant. And and like I said earlier, in my mind, I was like Pete Dunn should totally heel turn here, having him locked in even, and then he comes in and just starts laying people out on the other team. Well, they keep screwing him over too. He's the guy, you know. Roderick Strong flipped on him at the takeover. You know, he's been just screwed over so many times by them that it just makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. He, now that. This year, I felt like it was a harken back, well, not only with the two teams, but with the style of uh, that was booked. If you if you grow up watching NWA, WCW, and the War Games, it was always that kind. It was it was almost never fail. The heel team would get the advantage, and you get the two on one, and then you get it evened out. You get the kind of a comeback, and then it kept piling on and piling on until you got to the, you know, to your big finish. Again, I felt like that was a little bit more akin to the old school yes. War Games matches. Because even uh, one thing that I feel like that they did that they when they reintroduced the match last year was take the top off the cage. Super smartest thing they could have done. Because like okay, back then you know in the older times, dude, the cage matches were the easy matches. Those were like man, we don't have to work nearly as hard, and we can just get thrown thrown in there and we can sell for like five minutes. It's like people gonna like I just got thrown into a cage. Who's gonna believe that I'm not hurt? Yeah, exactly. But now with that cage removed, then you unlock. The ability for more movement in more spots, high flying moments, exactly. Well, also I like the the whole thing they did there, where they get Ricochet and Adam Cole up there. Then all of a sudden they're trying to chuck Ricochet over the top because that's a victory. So it was like another cool way, a different to, element to cause the match to change. It yeah. very smart. It's smart wrestling too to to think in the match like we can utilize that in our moments to really sell the you know the possibilities. Uh, and uh, one thing I really also enjoyed was how. Uh, when Ricochet got in there, he was just bouncing around. And he did this move where he jumped off the ropes in one ring and jumped into the other yeah. ring. Oh, my gosh. because yeah, if you put a ceiling on that, that dude literally probably gets that high where it's a problem. Yeah, it is a problem. It absolutely is a problem. Watching him with his other character that he was, uh, was it, uh, in uh, Lucha Underground. What was the other character? Prince... 
Puma. No, 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 not him. I, let he, me. I'll look it up. He wore a mask, right? He, like, yeah. I'm not crazy because he, because you have the Ricochet character, and then he had another character in Lucha. I remember watching Lucha Underground with him, going, "This guy is insane." The 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 way that he moves around and doesn't mess it up. Yeah, when he did the the ladder was getting tipped over, and he did the backflip off the ladder onto the guys to nail that. It's like I couldn't mm-hmm. even imagine being like, yeah, this ladder that's fallen, I'm going to backflip off this thing right now, right. lay it where I want to. This guy's like a cat. Like where it seems like he always does something big. He always does some big spot. Yeah, his center of gravity doesn't make sense. Like yeah, he, exactly. he should at one point stumble, and he doesn't even right. stumble. Was I right? It was Prince Puma. Oh, you, you called nice. it. You did call wow. it. Good job. Trevor Mann is his real name, by the way. Um, not to interrupt. His name is Trevor? Trevor Mann. Well, Trevor, you did a good job last night. <laughs> That's a weird that one. That dude just does not look like a Trevor. <laughs> he doesn't at all. He shouldn't be a Trevor. GTA 5 has forever ruined my idea of what a Trevor is. Yes. Is. Oh, my gosh. Um, that guy. I can't think of that guy. He's from Walking Dead. I can't think of his name. Oh, uh, Simon. Yeah. Like he, did, like, he didn't even have a name for, like, where we got introduced, so we just called him Trevor. Trevor, yeah. <laughs> uh, but back to it. The match... Ended amazingly. There were some cool different spots they did. I loved like the every single person in on it bump from the top of the cage with Adam Cole taking that suplex with like a triple power bomb happening while uh, Hanson's actually getting choked out in a sleeper, so he goes down to like they went for it earlier. The matching chairs, I oh, like the matching the, chairs, the undisputed era chairs. That was cool, and they, they just look like the undisputed hyenas. era really. The Undisputed Era really wrestled this match like a cl- like again calling back to like the old school. They wrestled this match like a, like like the old school Four Horsemen War Games matches. There was definitely a scare too, by the way. Bobby Fish, uh, mm-hmm. he got bumped into and his knee like twisted all crazy, yeah. and he was panicked that something really wrong had happened. But um, I, I guess he's just banged up. They thought he was going to be re-injured, but he's he's fine. That would have sucked. Oh yeah. Oh, I just returned my first like real full match back, and oh. Back on the shelf for nine months. Yeah, because that's about going to do it for him. I mean, if he got hurt again like that, because once people start getting hurt, Vince gets horrified of you and just deems you a non-worker. And yep. then- well, I mean, in, in, in a way, it seems like Finn hasn't really recovered from that. 100%. You know, because it's like they were they were he they were going to put him in that spot. You know, he might not he not he might not have had like a big huge long run. They were being like, here's your chance. Totally. Here here's we're going to give you the, the spotlight and you're going to shine. Or, you know, our guy's getting punished. Was it Roman when he failed that, that drug test? Yeah. He got hurt in the match. And ever since then, he's come back, and he's wrestled some good stuff. So, Yeah, you know, a power bomb from 10 feet into a ring. Uh, you know, that, that's just not a good move. I it's know. just not. Oh. Running power bomb into the barricade. Like, what was Seth thinking? And he... Well, he didn't even do it close enough. Like, he, yeah, I mean, it was he so far. So far away, yeah. It was just like, was was his legs about to give out? And he was like, I got to let go of you now. Like, that's... It, it, it was a miscue, you know, oops. And, you know, the thing is, is that if Finn would have just took it, he probably would have been fine. But, you know, his his reaction was, to, oh, crap. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm like, I'm, I'm too far away. Let me make sure I'm okay. And then that is what messed him up. Yeah, because he landed and kind of reached for it, and then it was on the overreaching that he hit it. I thought he was almost like, dude, I don't want to land on my neck, you know, where you're so far back that you yep. go to roll and then you hit it. But, yeah, I mean, I would agree that since that moment, Vince has deemed him a non-worker, gets hurt. Well, and it, I think a lot of it is Vince is like, what are you? 
are you the demon or are you this guy? So for a long time, he didn't wrestle as a demon. He's like, oh, against Baron Corbin, which made perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Baron Corbin, that's a whole nother issue. But ultimately, the War Raiders and company knock off uh, Undisputed Era, yeah. win the match, end War Games. Amazing. The whole card. It's it's a win. It's like, how do you do any wrong if you're Triple H and NXT when you're producing that kind of quality? You're in the Staples F- Center. I mean, they knocked it out of the park. Uh, and yeah, there's nothing that they can do on this card that we're about to talk about that can top that. And I'm not trying to be like crappy about it or awful. That was amazing to watch last night. Like it gave me goosebumps. It was super enjoyable. You know, we're gonna get some cool stuff with the card for Survivor Series, but when you start putting in champion versus champion with no title on the line, you, 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 it's like they weren't going to do this at all until Roman got hurt and they fell back to it because you run into that problem of, I got two guys that when they leave here tonight have to both be over. That's hard to do. It's so like impossible. last year when they did the AJ and, and Brock thing, you know, they really sold the fact that AJ hurt Brock and Brock sold it all the way to the back. Oh yeah, limped. So that made it to where okay, of course AJ lost, but he went down fighting, and that made him not not lose as many notches. He wounded the beast, as exactly. It were. And it, the, with a guy that would just storm over people and just you know. The other thing that can we talk about that's my least favorite thing of this weekend sure. is quit telling me it's a traditional five on five match. We know that, it's traditional. That is not traditional. I'm pretty sure I grew up in my childhood remembering the four-on-four. It was four-on-four. Four four. Yeah, yes. it was four-on-four. Four. Yes. Quit saying traditional five-on-five. Five. When huh. did that happen? I don't know. That was like a like, like four or five. Remember when they almost like canceled Survivor Series? Yeah, yeah they were going to just, just not have it. Remember when they brought in, like, uh, was it? Oh, bragging rights, which is like pretty much what this is now. Just... With the format. In the middle of June, though. Well, no. Bragging rights would be the pay-per-view right before Survivor Series, right at the end of October. You're right. You're right. And, like, it would be Raw versus SmackDown. And then Survivor Series is like, now what? (laughs) I just didn't understand. I used to love the old school four-on-four. Whoever won stuck around for the main event, Soul Survivor, or winning teams, or whatever they did. I just don't know why they got away from that. I think Vince gets tired of certain things. It's like the way they don't do really do don't do tournaments anymore, or the King of the Ring. I think he gets bored and tired on certain concepts. But it's like that creates future storylines. That's why yeah. I love New Japan. Because yeah. they do the G1, and they do all these tournaments, and you don't have to have too much of a thinking team mm-hmm. because the matches themselves matter already. And they, t- they're- and they tell the stories they have to tell because then they can create real, like, I want to go further in the tournament than you, so I have reason to be mm-hmm. pissed at you right now. That's why we're fighting. It's not like, oh... You ran me over backstage with a golf cart. You know, like, what the F? That's not All right, cool. Raven. <laughs> did that really? Oh, that did happen. Uh, WrestleMania 17. 17. You threw out there something stupid like a joke, but it's real. Like, we always joke about that. We say things, and we joke about it, and then you're watching it, and you're like, oh, they just did that. They yeah. really, I was kidding, but yes. Vince thought that was a good idea. Force feed Al Snow his dog. Oh, my God. Make him eat his dog. What? The, the pepper. The, speaking of dogs, dog kennel on a, the like the dog kennel from Hell Match, and the dogs <laughs> just running around shitting everywhere. <laughs> like, I'm not sure what's going on. Oh, that's funny. Oh man, uh, let's get into this and talk about the predictions for Survivor Series. As we're getting ready to close out the first hour here, and then we're gonna switch gears, bring up some new guests. Uh, I've only got one pen, so I'm just gonna let you write down some things. I'll start running down the card. Uh, 
start from the bottom, work our way off. The pre-show will have uh, Team Raw versus Team SmackDown's five-on-five traditional uh, elimination <laughs> match with tag teams. They're doing a big tag team tournament. They did, you know, they did that like a long time ago. Whether you had like all these guys around the ring and they people would go hit the ropes and they would have to be careful not to hit anybody. Yeah, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this match will have Chad Gable and Bobby Roode face uh, with the Ascension Lucha House Party, the Revival, and the B Team. Going up against the Usos, the New Day, the Colognes, the, the Colognes. Sanity, and Gallows and Anderson. Man, a total underutilization of so many great teams. Yeah, I mean, for one, there's just some terrible teams in here that don't deserve jobs. That What are they even doing? The Colognes have been five different things. <laughs> you know, the Ascension's on every week. You know, you'll sit there and watch Raw episodes, and you won't see Finn Balor week after week. But, but there's the Ascension always- every week. And Ascension's not, um, I don't know what the word to use is here. They, like, I can't, I can never remember who the hell their names even are, like the two members of Ascension, because they don't really talk about, they don't, they don't use them. They don't use them. Uh, what was weird about them was they almost started trying to use them for comic relief, but they already had the fashion police who were just killing it at that oh, time. Man. And then they didn't even use them right. And then they almost were like, well, the Ascension, you guys are kind of our new comic relief. And it was like, what? Fashion police are so good. What? Why are they not on this right now? Where uh, are the fashion police? One of them is injured. Tyler Breeze? Yeah, one of them is injured. And I think it might be Fandango. Oh. Because I think Tyler Breeze has been doing some NXT house shows. They've been bringing him back for some of those. Oh, that's Because cool. that stuff was great. Fashion police, when they were doing that, was good stuff. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mimicking, like, uh, Law & Order and everything and X-File. They did so many parodies. The Miami Vice one was freaking <laughs> hilarious. Um, okay, so I'm just curious... Who are you taking? Team Raw, Team SmackDown for this first one? I'm probably going to go SmackDown. Okay. Just because I think later in the night, a lot of the Raw people are going to win. Okay. So I feel like they're going to have to get some SmackDown Ws in there. Some dud matches in the early goings. Brando, what are your thoughts? Same. Same going with SmackDown? It took a right out of my mouth. I don't know how you can go against the Usos and the New Day alone. Like, they're two amazing teams. Mm. And really the best team on... There isn't really a best team on the Raw side. Like, who's your real true? I didn't even know Ascension was on Raw. Yeah, (laughs) that's how out of the loop you are is Ascension is on Raw, yeah. Well, there's Chad Gable and Bobby Roode are good wrestlers. I just don't understand why they're a tag team. Exactly. Are you trying to do the Cesaro, (laughs) Sheamus thing again? They got nothing else better to do right now, I guess. I mean, Bobby Roode could literally main event this night Mm -hmm. if it was Bobby Roode and Daniel Bryan. Yeah. The I'd right build fine. up, it could well, be Bobby Roode and Lesnar. Yeah, he'll, or even Styles or Brian or anybody. Heel Bobby Roode's great. Why? With the moment he was dancing in the ring with No Way Jose, I just thought, I hate you, Vince. I hate you. <laughs> <sighs> All right, let's move into the next one. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm going to pick Team SmackDown as well. I don't think I actually said that. Uh, cruiserweight title match: Buddy Murphy defending against Mustafa Ali. And my first thought is. This is the best first match you could come up with for Buddy Murphy to well, defend his title like this. Well, wasn't this the match that uh, way back in May or June on Two Hundred Five Live, like was like the match to see? Like it, like it, I remember, like yeah. I don't watch Two Hundred Five Live. I just, I, if anything is worth a note, I'll read about it. But then I, I heard how good of a match it was, so I went out of my way to watch it. And it was one of the best matches I'd seen in a, since probably the, the, the last NXT TakeOver. 
and it was on that level. So Damn. these two can work their asses off. Whether or not they have enough time to tell that kind of story here with this impact of a card, I don't know. I'm just worried this is going to be the old six-minute match, that yeah. they're not even going to have a chance. Because, mm -hmm. you know, like the Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander match, like that was great. Those were good. Like, I mean, I believe these dudes can work. I just feel like this is one of those they're not going to get the opportunity. I'm with you. Um, I like I agree. But if, but if I had to pick, I'm, I'm just going to take Buddy to retain. Okay, Buddy retains. Same, Same thing. I, I, I can't argue with that. I don't really see anything. This is the only title match on the whole card, by the way. Yeah. So, uh, obviously. That's so weird. That's so weird. It is say. weird. On Survivor Series, there's no other titles up for grabs except for the uh, Cruiserweight. Cruiserweight title. So, moving forward, we got the Raw versus SmackDown women's five-on-five -five elimination match. Nia Jax, Tamina, Ember Moon, Natalia, Ruby Riot, homegirl uh, Ruby Riot there versus Naomi, Sonya Deville, Asuka, Carmella, and Brandon's personal favorite, TBD. Oh. Who do you think's going there? Good old TBD. Well, considering that he's taking a break from his promotional tour for TDB Yoga, okay, uh, I'm. I'm so glad that he's actually in a feature spot. I just don't know why they put him in with the ladies, with the gals. But you know what? It's a spot. You sure, know. Yeah. I mean, even last year, uh, even uh, oh, what's his name, uh, Mister Snapchat himself, James Ellsworth, got a spot last year. So, man, uh, this is difficult. This is difficult because do you call someone up? Is there a lady that's not utilized on the roster that can go in this spot? I mean, is that Nikki Cross? I mean, is that... Oh, that could be ultra obvious. Yeah, I mean, that's the obvious one. But then it's like, all right, so you got Nia and Tamina on the other side, and you've got to knock both of those off. Those are your big... So you're not going to bring Mandy Rose in to fill that spot. And, My and I'm wondering... Part of me wonders is that because of the attack on Raw, they'll put the Raw women over since they got kind of beat up on Raw. Okay. Or will they double down on that? Have SmackDown, like, get revenge See, for... I vote on the double down. I think this is a SmackDown win. Okay. So you got one be... SmackDown win. The other is, can we talk about Nia Jax? And at what point is she going to get in trouble for hurting all these girls? Because she put Bailey out. She yeah. put Alexa Bliss out. She just straight punched Becky Lynch in the face. She just straight punched, punched her. her in the eye and nose. I read something where since she's been called up, she's put six girls on the shelf for at least extended time. Jeez. Have That's... you seen where they took the picture of Becky with the blood on her face and they put blood lass like the old Austin when Austin had the like the blood T-shirt, yeah, like bloodlust or whatever. Yeah, and they did that with blood her. Blood that's amazing. Uh, yeah, good for her because that was an iconic moment that just man. put her so over. It has. She, I, when, when she comes back, I believe that moment, even though it's detrimental to her tonight, is going to be so beneficial to her later. Especially since now they're talking about long term, they're going to make this feud with. Uh, Rhonda and Becky go to Mania. Yeah. Well, like, the other they can do is the they can eventually the four horse win four horse win because now Becky and Charlotte are back on the good same terms, side. Yeah. They're they, good. They're like, oh, now here's an opportunity to straighten this one out. Well, that's the tonight. You know, you could have a Bailey or Sasha turn on Raw. Oh. Go pro SmackDown. Yeah. You know, you could have that whole thing and start working that. 
That would be awesome. It just depends on how fast they're going to do with the, the girls, the other two, not Shayna, not Rhonda, what yeah. their time frame is. Uh, okay, so let's get down to it. Who wins? You want Team SmackDown, yeah. Casey? Brando? I'm going Team SmackDown. Okay, I will actually disagree. Team Raw is going to win this match. I think that Ember Moon or Nia are going to be the last woman standing. It would be surprising that even though uh, Nia hurt Becky, that they still give her the last woman standing honors. Just It's weird how they do stuff like that, you know? Did you see her hand? Yeah, it broke the hell out of her knuckle. It was crazy. Um, who do you guys think for your last survivor? Well, I mean... Are you going to go TBD? <laughs> I'm, it's either going to be Oscar or uh, TDB, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could, I, it's kind of about time for the Oscar push back. It's just, start to really build yeah. her back again. I mean, yeah. That's why I would go with Oscar. Just I think it's about that time to start giving her the push. All right. Brando, take us away on the next one. What's that next match? The next match is the Raw versus SmackDown 5-on-5 five five traditional elimination match with Raw side Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, and Bobby Lashley. That's a hell of a team. Against SmackDown Commissioner Shane McMahon, Jeff Hardy, The Miz, Samoa Joe, and Rey Mysterio. Also a hell of a team. Yeah. Pretty well balanced. Uh, I feel like Raw has more of the has more power between Strowman and Lashley. Uh, of course, you got Balor and Ziggler, kind of the more quicker of the quicker of the team, and then Drew's right kind of like the middleman. And then of course you have Ray and Jeff as more of the high flyers. Jeff's probably Jeff's still a high flyer, but, man, he's getting old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's that's showing. real. Yeah. It's showing. Uh, dude, and Ray looks like in the best shape that I've ever seen him in. He looks fantastic. The he's curious th- case of Ray Mysterio because <laughs> he's going backwards. <laughs> he's getting younger. Yeah, because he's got to be probably 47. He's in yeah. his 40s for sure. Yeah, that's yeah, I crazy. I bet you it's later 40s, and he's awesome. Better than he, better than he's looked in a long time. Remember when he came back in that short stint and he wore like the suspender uh, spandex, but he kind of had the pudgy belly going on. He put on a little bit of weight there for a time. You know, maybe he's been working on that TDB yoga. Yeah, yeah, he had to get back on it. Uh, I think this match is interesting because Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre were the dogs of war. Yeah, and but, they're back together again, but well, they're that, not necessarily on the same I feel page. Like I feel like it's going to implode, probably. Okay, so is Strowman the loose cannon on Raw and Joe the loose cannon on SmackDown? That's like, who do you really trust to stay on your side? Because mm. I don't think Joe's really going to be really truly allied with but any of these Miz guys. But then Miz is really hating on Rey Mysterio right now, so I could feel, I could see like that being some like something that they build on too. Then there's the Vince hates Finn. So yeah, so true. Finn. Yeah, it almost makes me feel like I'm going to go SmackDown just He'll because. He'll be the I, first eliminated. Finn will be the first yes. eliminated. Now the match. there's also the rumor. Uh, that they're going to turn Shane heel at some point, which is why he won the World Cup. So this could be another chapter. He is the last surviving... Again, like uh, last year? Oh, man. And then he's like the best in the world, sole survivor two years in a row. His He's like got the ego just in the burst mode, you know? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with... Uh, let's call it... I'm going Team Raw again. I'll take Team Raw. They got Braun Strowman. I can't go against Strowman. See, I'm going to go SmackDown for Vince's sheer hate of Finn Balor to make sure that he's on the losing side. He's not only <laughs> he's not he's the first eliminated and the whole team loses because Finn's a part <laughs> yes. of it. Like fuck them, you know. I'm going Raw and Strowman's the last man standing. Okay, okay. I, like I think that. I think they're going to build the Mania with Strowman and Lesnar. 
Ooh. I, I really feel Proper like, anointing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it would work. I think that's where they're going to go, and it's going to start here, kind of. I, I, then again, you know, they could throw me for a curve, and they could end up eliminating Strowman by having him not get pinned because of the whole Dolph and uh, Drew McIntyre thing, because I think he's going to have a, a thing with... It's, it's weird because they were building be- between him and McIntyre, but there's also a thing with him and Corbin now. Yeah, that's going to take place before, and I think we're going to get to the Rumble, and all hell's going to break loose. I, I have a fantasy booking for the Rumble that we'll talk about later off air. Sure, sure, sure. But uh, I think that uh, Drew McIntyre alternately could be the last man standing that's because guy. he's the guy that could be getting a huge push coming mm-hmm. into 2019. So I agree. That's the. Do you think that almost a guarantee somebody on either side kind of flips and does some sort of future storyline? Because there's no way you should put all these guys together and not and be able to clean. walk. Yeah, and walk away with some. You should have some storylines coming out of this. Yeah. Okay, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, do, who, who, okay, so we got Team SmackDown. Did you pick yeah. SmackDown? I picked Raw. I picked Raw. Raw, okay. We're going to move next into the one that, man, this is going to, I think, just be just a great match regardless. Like, this could be the one that steals the show. Uh, the tag team champs on Raw versus the tag team champs of SmackDown. The Authors of Pain versus The Bar. It's Both of these teams work hard. Man. You know, and uh, you, the, the Authors of Pain won me over in NXT. The first time you see them, you're like, oh, okay, a couple of big dudes. But they can work. They can really work. And yeah, of their course, combo moves are yeah. awesome. And then, of course, you have Cesaro and Sheamus that are like, you know, all props to Cesaro and even Sheamus. They're both workers. Lightning in a fucking pan, man. Like, Who would have thought those both two of would them have are really hard workers? Yeah, and they that's work what, great together. That's what I'm excited about seeing with these guys is just to really see where I mean, because if you can get in the ring with Cesaro and Sheamus and hold your own, then I think it puts you on that. And next you have some le- staying power, absolutely. You're in the echelon of the New Day, the Usos, these really upper guys. You don't get lost in the shuffle like the Ascension. Uh, so I'm taking the Authors of Pain. Actually, is a surprise win here. I, it's not going to be easy. Uh, I do think they're going to have some good back and forth, but I think ultimately the authors of Pain do come out victorious. I agree. I'm going with them because I feel like they need the win more than the bar needs the win. Okay. And the bar can take the loss. I literally agree 100%. That's what I think this is their moment to kind of put them up into that next echelon. And then, like you said, this you know you mentioned earlier, some people don't need belts. The the bar can lose. They're yeah. awesome. Like yeah. it's absolutely, gonna... absolutely okay. So up next, this is a weird one because this is a match that shifted really fast in the landscape, like a week before the one of two matches that shifted. One, one of two huge matches that shifted a week before the actual event, as Ronda Rousey, the WWE Raw Women's Champion, takes on Charlotte Flair, not the Raw or the SmackDown champ Becky Lynch. Ugh. Uh, Obviously, you put over Rousey here. It, it makes you. It makes no other sense. To, it makes no sense to have her lose, because as far as I'm aware, they're not going to have Becky involved in any way. Okay, she's, she's on the shelf. Is that confirmed? Because that that be my thinking a, is if Charlotte wins, getting Becky involved in the whole outcome. That's that how you would do the it. Feud. That that's how you would do it. Uh, but this would also be Ronda's first loss. Um. So it's like. It's almost like you don't want this match. No, because now Charlotte could possibly take another person's undefeated streak. Well, that or or it's like, well, okay, now you're beating Charlotte, but like, what is Charlotte doing right now? And it's almost like this is the match that you would have wanted to see at Mania, 
but but we're get, it's almost like Charlotte and Becky flip flopped. Yep. And now Becky's way more over than she was last week. <laughs> then so skyrocketed. Now Charlotte is the next rung for Rousey to have like okay, knock that one off, and then build up and you build up to the point of the crescendo of uh, I I'm seeing like it's the the, like the recipe is there to have the very first women's main event closing of Mania th- next year, because like as far as bankable stars, as people who are, are going to be drawing power, Rousey has that. As does and, Becky now, and Becky is going to be the one that who's more over. Uh, like Re- Rousey has that mainstream everybody appeal, and and Becky's going to be the one that's going to drive the wrestling fans to want to sit there for four hours. Do you think that uh, genuinely? Do you believe that Becky loses the title before then, so she can challenge Ronda for I think the title? If they're going to do that, I think they'll just strip her of it. Because then, if they strip her of it and say that she can't, even if she can, just storyline strip her of it, then you can have her not lose the title and keep her like that chip on her shoulder. Yeah, like then, I never lost this. And have her go to the Rumble, have her win the Rumble. She is she the try. man, by the way. Like, it's funny. I was thinking. I was trying to remember the last time somebody catapulted like that. That just had a moment, and it's just they are absolute must see TV now. After yeah. Mick, you know, or Mick is the last super memorable one when he wins the title, and DX holds him up and whatnot. Modern era, I don't know. Uh, maybe. Dolph Ziggler's cash in, but then he floundered. Yeah, well, I mean, he got hurt. And you, can, and you can argue that there for a minute, Brian was that guy. Okay. But then he got hurt. So yeah. it's, it's difficult. Because, yeah, like two months ago, you know, she was, you, you were almost like, God, they're not even using her. And now it's like if you put her on the billboard, every wrestling fan wants to go see it. Yeah. It was like Pro Wrestling Insider did a top 50 women's thing and Becky was like 18th or something she was way deep in the thing and the guy's justification is like well look at her year like she hasn't really done much until the past couple weeks it's like that doesn't matter it's still this year and she's blown the roof off of what we knew as what could be seen in women's wrestling what, I mean she's that, that turn the they did for her has helped her tremendously and how she runs with it and the fact that the audience is very weird right now it's almost like it's reminiscent of that attitude era. Like they want to cheer all the heels. We're on the cusp, but like they're never going to. They can't do that with our society. They can't do another attitude era like that. But and quite frankly, they don't care. They don't care. They, like she's going to be playing the heel, but it doesn't really matter because now it's like the roles that the wrestlers play. They they have the roles that they play, and the fans are going to cheer and boo who they want to cheer or boo. And but but you get someone like Becky who kind of just gets that catapult, gets that moment. She was already getting there with her promo. She was putting everything into this. This is her time. And then and then you have an unfortunate moment like Monday. Did her, you see the video of like the behind the scenes of her getting told that she can't? Oh, yeah. It's she actually kind of heartbreaking. Her Twitter comments were pretty good, too. Yes. I and mean, that's the other thing is it was just some good old school crap talking. Like, oh, yeah. On a pretty solid level. And that's what's been nice, too, is like – these anymore we know everything about everyone like that's why the jason jordan thing was so ridiculous and it's like we know people's real lives so when they bring him in it was like the you know the nikki bella comment about with ronda out like you it's good that's good it's like you hear that and you're like oh she's been ronda's been writing some flame promos that promo she cut on uh 
she was who was she was she talking about Becky Lynch the millennial man or something yeah, yeah. and yeah. she just went like even though it was against Becky it was still like wow she's been working with Paul Heyman a lot on her promos and it shows it definitely shows yeah uh, she's got it I mean Heyman has always kind of been the promo guy to get the get the fire get the right emotion and attitude out of a character you know and, and obviously he knows the WWE system he was he was a writer he he worked in creative he knows how they want to do it he knows how they want it done. And then he is such a like creative genius in that sense that he can take what he sees and what you need to do and what they want in here. And he can he has a way of like selling that and getting you hyped up and getting you fired up. It's almost like he sees your path before it lays itself out in, in front a way, of you. yeah. But yeah, it's good to see him just use some of the not making it just something you see on Raw and just something you see on SmackDown. Take some real life stuff and throw it out there because wrestling fans follow that. Yeah. We're going to see that. So you don't have to sit there and have all these clips on Raw or at least address what the you know, where the feud is. Because a lot of times like you'll watch a match and you're like, Why are these dudes feuding? I mean, other than you guys tell us they are. Yeah. Oh my god, the Baron Corbin Dolph Ziggler saga of twenty seventeen <laughs> where they had like eighty six goddamn matches against each other. It was and, nonstop. It was, and like it was every just like they would just walk out and have it like, have a match and then and that was it. Why yeah, what was the beef again? Like there was no it, point other than you telling us that. <laughs> Zero point whatsoever. Uh let's move forward here. A match I'm actually really excited to see. The Intercontinental Champ Seth Rollins versus the U.S. Champ Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm taking Shinsuke in this mm-hmm. one. He needs it. There's no way that Ambrose doesn't get involved here. Yeah. I was also getting ready to say There's that. There's no way. Ref gets taken out. Ambrose jumps in the ring, hits the dirty deeds on uh, Rollins. Maybe even puts Shinsuke on, you know, Rollins. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I'm taking Shinsuke. Brando, same. same. I agree because I almost forget that he has the belt. I mean, he's got to get going. They got to start doing something with him. Absolutely, he's he's slowly sinking in the SmackDown blue. You know, well, it's typical United States champion stuff. You know, occasionally you get the guy that makes the belt and they bring it to being prevalence. You know, like the John Cena Open Challenge was awesome. You know, that yeah. was such a cool thing. Kevin Owens, yes, yeah, he thing. did it as well. But Shinsuke has just fallen off with it. Absolutely. All right, the final match of the night. This is a big shakeup from what we thought we were getting because yeah. on SmackDown, out of absolute nowhere, Daniel Bryan turns heel and becomes the WWE champion. He got hindered. He was AJ got hindered. Hindered by gender. Just like gender got hindered last year. Yeah, because gender was going to be the champ, and but they did the swerve. They yeah. did the switch. Man, yeah. that's weird. And then AJ's not even on the card. That's yeah. That's why did something happen there? Is something going on? Or I think from what I heard from what I heard, Brian has been pushing for a heel turn since his feud with the Miz. He, I guess, he felt like it was detrimental to him, and I, like he ever since he came back, that that first rush of yeah, he's back, and then it kind of like went down, went down, and then he's like not a, like a top guy. He's kind of a mid to upper, yeah. And then, okay, so they put him in with the Miz. And, of course, that's like a callback, This the, the feud that never ends, like Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. That when Literally 176 matches yeah. against each other after Battleground 2016 where they were supposed to never have another match yeah. against each other again. <laughs> Immediately and, and get drafted best, to SmackDown. And then they became best friends, and then when they kept back, they're going to fight again. It, it's it's going to happen. But it, they coming out of that, he goes, he wanted to turn heel, and Vince was like, no, not yet, and that's not the right time, not the right time. 
And then for whatever happened, was it was it part of the Roman thing? Was it part of the Becky thing that he's like, all right, yeah, we're doing it, and we're doing it all tonight. We're going to catch everybody off guard. So they got told literally Tuesday afternoon, this is what we're doing it. We're doing it tonight for maximum impact. We're shaking everything up. No one's going to see this coming. Okay. Let's go for them. I did not. I mean, I started getting, I was, I always record it and watch when I get home later that night. Yeah. And my phone was just blowing up. Just being like, did you watch SmackDown? And it's cool because it's been a while since, you know, you've really gotten that where people are like, dude, did you watch, Mm -hmm. you know, SmackDown? Yeah. That cool buzz that you're not expecting. Uh, I think it makes me wonder. Okay, so you you got the top match here. They just turned Brian heel. Lesnar is a heel. He's he's in that weird position where it's like it doesn't. He's gonna get cheers. He's gonna get booze. He's Lesnar. He's Lesnar. He doesn't change how he does what he does. It. He's just in a spot. (laughs) He said, "Okay, he's a bad guy today, right?" But then when he goes up against somebody that like the fans want to boo, he's then he's the good guy. But now Brian is the is the. The, the smaller guy, the underdog, he's always the guy. Those are the guys that usually get cheered. Now, are you telling me that for this match, it's going to be straight up Lesnar versus Brian? No one else is going to get involved. Stroma's not going to get involved. AJ's not going to get involved. AJ looking for retribution. I mean, what's going to happen here? The other thing that I'm wondering about is the style because I remember back on Total Bellas before he – I do watch with my wife. I do. Yeah, but before right. he got hurt, he was preparing for Lesnar, and he had this whole weird monkey gimmick thing that he had planned on doing where he was going to do cartwheels around the ring and like act like a monkey and try to avoid him. And I wonder if oh. he's actually going to implement this. But this whole gimmick was to wear him out. And to try all these jumping on his back, doing cartwheels. So I'm kind of interested to just see the dynamic of those two in the ring, how it goes. Because Lesnar can't pick up Brian and start German suplexing him everywhere. No. It's, well, it's going to happen, though. He's, he's going to go get, to Suplex City for at least some, a couple. He's going to get some drops, but I, Lesnar's a pro. When's, when's the last time Lesnar actually hurt somebody? He just F5'd a dude on the outside of the ring. It didn't hurt somebody. And Nia just cold clocked Becky and, like, knocked her out of, like, of the paper. Shattered her fucking nose. So, you know, it's like. Yeah, and he even took that strobe and shot and just yeah. told him to chill out and gave a little. Uh, he control it enough to stun him yeah. but not knock him out, not bust his face up, but just was let him know. Like, yeah, he yeah, just said uh, he, st- he stung him back. He's like, hey, you can't hit me like that. I'm going to hit you right back. Well, I think there's the audio, and it was like, chill the F out. And they just kind of gave him a jab, and you you see him kind of stuck, you know, that he has enough control in his punches that it wobbled him enough to be like, take it down a notch, dude. Like, you're 6'8", 350. I know you, you know, I'm a big dude, but let's. (laughs) I remember that. Do you remember Lesnar's first match? His first, first match? Debut match. Did they just put that on Facebook? Was that against Sean Stasiak? Yes, it was. That's a weird match He he looks so weird. Yeah, he, he looked like such a he looked like a baby. Absolutely, hundred percent. He's so, he's so baby faced then and so green. And I mean, he has a lot of sheer. You can see the sheer talent then. I think. Oh yeah, because he was videos. doing moon salts. Oh man, and he had those like just extremely long, long limbs and just the way he can move. It was. Oof. I mean, the first time you saw him, you're like, this is a real person, freak of yeah. nature. Now I don't. From what I understand, like. The Le- like Lesnar's next match is probably going to be Mania. Who? I- Lesnar. Lesnar with who? Lesnar's next match. Okay. Uh, from what I understand, he might not be at Rumble. He might be doing some other things. He because they 
his last appearance was supposed to be at Crown Jewel. Yeah. But with the news that broke with and Roman, they re- he they had signed to kind him onto of... a new deal, and he's open to do training and seeking out UFC fights. But then there's a whole deal with that, and then the whole sports commission and him failing the test, and I guess he needs to serve more time, <laughs> whatever that may be. Dang. So like, I think Lesnar takes this. I think like, unless they do something completely left field, and like. Leave him laying, or unless there's a Shane AJ surprise person interference, Strowman getting involved, and I actually, you know, there's this conspiracy theory. I don't, and let me just say, I don't think this is going to happen. But it it was something they posted something yesterday on Facebook. WWE did it, like said, you know, Paul Heyman is the guy in Brock's corner, but he hasn't always been that guy. And they, it was the match clip from Big Show and Lesnar from twenty like two thousand two. Yep. And I'm like, and people are like, oh, they're they're planting the seed. Is he going to turn? Because he on SmackDown he had that whole promo about how good Brian was, and it's like, is Brian going to be the next Paul Heyman guy? Ooh, and transition, Ooh. To, like, like to get even more heat on Brian. And I'm like, I don't think it's going to happen, but that would be interesting. I would love it. I'd be all about that. Uh, I think that, as you said, Lesnar has to win this match. Yeah, they got they kind of have to protect him. They don't really need to protect DB. He just won the title. It's not going to hurt him. He can go back to SmackDown and start defending the title. His stock will just continue to rise. There's not going to be any drama there. And there's going to be a, a probably a TLC AJ match. Yeah, a return match. So. Ooh, that's it. That's yeah. Good. I mean, that's the good thing is is you can turn it right back over and roll Daniel Bryan right back with the AJ, and it's good wrestling. It'll be good TV. Yeah. I mean, so he does not have to win this. Yeah. Hell yeah! All right. Well, I think the first hour is going to come to a close here, folks. We're gonna we were kind of running behind when we started this yeah. thing, so we're going to kind of play a little bit of catch up here. We're going to refresh. We're going to bring in a couple new voices, yep. and uh, we'll see you guys soon. Okay. And we are back. Hour two of Journey into Wrestling, season three, episode eight. Brando, how you doing? Doing pretty good. How are you? Good. Still here. We have a couple guests joining us today from Emerge Wrestling. Scotty and Brett. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Thank Excellent. you for having us. Hey, I've met. Uh, can say I've never been better. Uh, I mean, I am the Emerge Heavyweight Champion, so it really doesn't get much better than that. I got a beer in my hand. I got a title in the other hand, so I'm doing great, man. Sounds good. Uh, so let's just take it to the very beginning for our listeners who are all over the globe who might not know where you guys are from, what are you doing. Let's take them through your journeys. Let's start, Brett, first. Uh, when did you get into pro wrestling? So I got into pro wrestling back in 2007, uh, fresh out fresh out of high school. Uh, wanted to do it, you know, since I was since I was a kid. I mean, I would say every bit of five years old is as early as I can recall. Um, you know, I, I where I was going to look for training. Everyone that I had talked to told me that, hey, you know, we can't train you because of liability purposes until you're 18. Um, a little disheartening, you know. I would have loved to get involved in it a lot earlier, but you know, we got to go with what we got. So, I graduated uh, in June of 2007. Started training in July. Had my first match in November. You know, they really pushed me out the gate about you know five six months in. So you say they? Who is the company? Uh, so it was for a company here in, in Lafayette. Um, it was uh, CWF Central Wrestling Federation. Um, and, and they kind of had, they were on their way out, and I didn't know that. That was the unfortunate thing. Um, but they, 
they expected whoever would join in um, midway through, as they would say, because you should get at least a, a year of training is what was suggested. Uh, and, and I was the only person who joined in on their class of, I think, five or six other people. So I came in in July, and they, they honestly, they told me in the end that they were like, hey, nothing personal, but we expected, uh, we expected whoever would join in, if anyone did, to kind of flop, and you were the only one. And I came in, and no disrespect to anyone else, but I blew the rest of the, the class that have been training since January out of the water. You just had the natural gifts hey, of being yeah, able to I perform. Mean, like, There's a difference. That's basically what they got me on, you know. And so we all made our debuts in November. Uh, everyone lost their match. Uh, welcome to the business of things, if you will. Uh, and, and I ended up actually winning my match because they had seen that much potential in it. So I thought, well... Things are looking good, but I, I definitely quickly learned going into the following year that I've, I've got a lot to learn being pushed into the limelight six months in. You know, totally. I'm certainly not ready, but, you know. All right. Champ, question for you as well. How did you get into the business when you first started, Scotty? So uh, I was in Elkhart, Indiana, and uh, there's uh, Steve's Gym is what the place is called. Uh, I don't even know if it's still around anymore, but uh, – I was taking uh, some jiu-jitsu classes in there. Uh, I was uh, 17, and uh, I saw this, the worst-looking wrestling ring you ever see in your life, just put together with duct tape, just oh my God. the shittiest ring you ever see in your life. But it was a wrestling ring. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to get involved in that. So one day, jiu-jitsu training, there was, uh, I actually saw some people in the ring. I went in there, and I, and I got... To talking to him and of course they're they're all fucking jay brones but i get in there and uh, <laughs> and uh they go hey what do you what do you know about uh you know do you know how to do this i go oh yeah yeah i can do it so i uh i took uh took my first bump which i basically just did what i watched on tough enough i just emulated that and the head trainer uh, People can't see this at home, but I'm using the finger air quotation quotes, yeah. trainer. Yeah, the air <laughs> quotes. Uh, goes, holy shit, this kid can bump. Hey, what are you doing Saturday? We got a show going on. <laughs> I, uh, I went to the mall. I got myself a pair of sweatpants, and <laughs> and I was uh, I was a professional wrestler, brother. Ooh, and uh, okay. no, I got I got really lucky though. I had a uh, I had a couple guys that uh, saw that I was actually really wanting to do this and that I was really interested. I was just a stupid kid that didn't know what to do. Uh, so uh, I, I had a lot of people like uh, like like Jake Oman and Adam Buell and, you know, a lot of good guys that just took an interest in me, uh, beat the shit out of me, and rightfully so. And uh, Keith Cream is another one and countless others. But, uh, yeah, I pretty much learned on the road and I got I was retrained by Billy Rock um, years ago. Uh, best thing that ever happened to me. Retrained. Explain that. You had taken initial training when you started your journey, and then yeah, you wanted to. <laughs> you, you you did well. I mean, not, I guess not really training, as it were. You air quoted that, but yeah, yeah. Um, this is him going. Everything you thought you knew, throw it 100 percent out the door. Let's let's get you right. So yeah, so I was uh, I was on a I was on a show with a guy, uh, an Ohio guy, uh, Eddie Gonzalez, and um, he was. He was talking about uh, getting some color uh, for the night for, for those of you who might not know, which you're listening to this podcast, so I assume you're a smart mark, uh, a smarky son of a bitch. <laughs> Fuck you, you smart right. marks. Anyways, he wanted, <laughs> he wanted to get some color, and they didn't, the show didn't draw 
worth a shit. So he goes, oh, I'm not going to do it. And I'm like, well, you said you were going to do it. I'm just a dumb kid, you know. You said you were going to do it. I, I thought I heard you say earlier, like, five or 5,000. So I'm kind of calling him out. And he's like, all right, kid. He's like, yeah, you, so uh, you really want this, don't you? I go, yeah, like, doesn't everybody? Like, just assumed. And uh, he's like, do you know what psychology is? I'm like, well, like a fucking textbook? Like, yeah, I, know, I, I understand what psychology is. He's like, no, like as it pertains to wrestling, I'm like, I have no idea. And so he kind of started breaking things down for me. And uh, and then, like I said, some other guys took interest. I, I just kind of learned on the road. And I was, I was the drizzling shits for a really long time. And I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't have booked me. If, if I were looking back then, like I watched some of my old matches, it's, Completely embarrassing. You can find them on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> completely embarrassing. I would have never booked me, but uh, luckily I had uh, I had a lot of help along the journey, and uh, now I'm pretty fucking good. Well, I mean, considering you're the heavyweight champ of Emerge, I think that says a testament to where you've come. Uh, jumping back to Brett for a second here, you started in 07. Correct. What year did you start? I don't think you said, Scott. Uh, 2007. Wow, at the a, same was, time. That was a good year. It was okay. a good year. Did you guys know each other coming up at the same time? So where I'm at with it is um, I, I didn't really know of him. Um, I would say, and I, I mean, don't hold me to it, but I would say at least two or three years in, did not cross paths, I feel like. Maybe he knows differently, uh, but I, I don't believe that we did. Um, he was more up north. Um, I've always been more of like a Southern Indian, like, I mean, and, and I'm kind of pushing more towards the Chicago area, you know, here in Lafayette, like, um, but yeah, I mean, I was always traveling down South a lot. Um, even now to this day, like a lot of my stuff is down South. Um, so I mean, like we didn't really know of each other. And even when we got kind of thrust into it, if you will, I know that's, uh, you know, one way to put it. Um, we really didn't know of each other, you know, and, and, like I had seen his work and I, I don't know how he feels about it. Maybe he didn't see my work, but I watched his work and I was like, Hey, you know, uh, th th this is going to be, this could be something pretty good. Um, but yeah, I don't believe that, that we ever, we ever really did. We crossed paths on different shows. Never like, hey, you guys are working each other tonight, kind of thing like that. So you like, never worked each other. Oh no, we have, but I'm oh, saying okay. back then. Okay, yeah, I got like you, back gotcha. then totally. It was like when we first met. Gotcha. It was like you know, when the day came that we did work each other, I definitely knew who he was, and like if he didn't know who I was, then he's just he's being a dick. So, so I mean that, that, no that aside, you know, like I said, um, yeah, I mean, uh, so we. We first Man. locked up at uh, at Infinity, right? At Infinity, but and we may have. I think we might have met at Infinity, honestly. Hey, this um, is a perfect seg segue. Why don't you talk about Infinity for a minute here? Get talk about uh, Infinity, okay, man. Yeah, okay, okay. So, uh, what he's getting at is Infinity Pro uh, is actually the company that we first had. We had our first ever match against each other at um, multiple matches, for that matter. Um, I won most of them. He did. Uh, for the record. <laughs> yeah, he did. I, I mean, record. I can't deny that. But, um, you know, before before we had actually, you know, locked up, if you will, um, we were both on, on the, the heel side of things, I mean, if we're using that terminology. We were right. both on the heel side of things. 
and the company had kind of had its ups and downs as, as most will. Uh, and when the company came back after I would say a year and a half, two year absence, uh, they, they wanted to bring me back as a baby face, which I did not think was a great idea at all. Uh, it worked. And then they said, oh, yeah, by the way, you and Scotty Young are going to gonna work each other, which I think oh. did the mic go out? I lost my mic. I don't know if the mic went out or if we, uh, let's see. Uh-oh. Here. It looks like the mic did not go out, but the sound PA system did. went out. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so we're still Oh, good. Nick accidentally shut off the PA. We got it back on. There Damn it, go. Nick. Good job. Nick, you're cut <laughs> off. <laughs> you were cut off. He thought he was bombed from last night and <laughs> left. So I think, oh, about, I think we're about where it cut off was the fact that, uh, that yeah, when we finally we, – we did get to work each other. Uh, they, the, the successful turn of me going from heel to baby all in a hunch worked. Then working Scotty Young is coming around, and I'm going, all right, this could be really good. Then I met Scotty, talked to him about my match, and kind of thought he was a dick. First impression, you're like, oh, God, this is going to well, be hard no, to work I with this guy. I can't say first impression because, like I said, we've been in the locker room together, but it was like when we were going to be coming together to, to wrestle each other, I was like, yeah, I'm looking really forward to this. And then we met, and I was like, hey, man, pretty sure we started at the same time, but uh, this guy might, might might be kind of a dick. But in For all the honesty, record, I still think Brett Havoc's a dick. Yeah, and all <laughs> is fair. All is fair. But, you know, when it all came down to it um, – yeah, you know, I, I feel like we we topped the show off very well. I mean, you know, for what they wanted and what it was, it was just you know, it was very much so two guys that came into the business around the same time who had maybe a different outlook on how things are going to be here to there. I've learned from him. I would like to believe he learned from me. He might tell you different, but I, I thought it was uh, you know it was very good. Um, and, and, and since then. Infinity has blossomed to the fact that um, you know we were doing those down in Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, Campus I, town, nice. Yeah, right. The company, like I said, has it had its ups and downs. I, I myself had bought into the company to see the company succeed. Sweet. Uh, then, as it shut down, if you will, in Bloomington, I wanted to bring it closer to home, so I brought it here to Lafayette. Uh, within the last year, we did our first show back in March. And we had uh, four, five, I think it was five shows this year before it was all said and done. Um, and it's all here now. Um, so it's, it's very much homey to me. It's always, it was our home fed for the longest time, if you will. Um, you know, and Scotty is, has continued on his rampage of being one of the most hated heels, in my opinion. The company's very good at what he does, uh, not just in our company, but any company. I think he's a very much a natural born heel. Which is ironic because I got into to the business saying I was going to be a heel and I've been a babyface for ninety percent of the ninety percent. Hey, when is the next right. Infinity show? Uh, so as of right now, I think we're shooting for the second week of January. If I could give a date, I'd love to. Uh, I just talked with with uh, the the Lafayette Theater, which is where we run our shows, and he said he would touch base with me once he got back from Washington D.C. Uh, the owner of the theater to solidify that, but he said let's just say spitballing. The second Sunday of January. Second so, Sunday of January, Infinity Pro, Lafayette Theater, be there. Yeah, so, so here first. Yeah, so that's what we're we're looking for. Wicked. Um, I'm actually free in January. That'd be something I would come down for. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I and hey, a little spoiler. Um, for whoa, the whoa whoa for whoa, whoa, whoa 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 no, whoa no. spoilers. Oh, don't, this is this is for you. Oh. Don't spoil you. my shit. <laughs> uh, no, this is very much for you. 
uh, Scotty Young would actually be main eventing that show. So oh, shit, I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey. There's the realization. He doesn't want to know the spoiler alert. Yeah, by the way. Um, yeah, His butt so, just clenched like tenfold. He's like, oh, I'm closing now. Oh, yes. God. So that would be Scotty Young sense. versus Mance Warner uh, will be main eventing that show. Uh, in an un- unannounced match as of now, but uh, there will be some sort of a gimmick in that match. Surprise, surprise there, Scotty. But you will be main eventing the match either way. So, yes, I'm looking very forward to that as myself, uh, a, a past rival and foe of his, but he will very much be main eventing that show, and I'm looking very forward to seeing that match. And possibly you, well, actually, I know you getting the shit beat out of you, but either way, it'll be a good match. Brandon, I don't know if you have questions, but I feel like I'm starting to have a million questions because there's so it. many different places I can go. Like <laughs> We stretched that out there. I'm sorry. First no. of all, ring psychology, what's it like to work with each other? Is it pretty easy? Call it in the, in the ring, or do you guys uh, – I mean, I'm really going to just break it down here for a second. Do you guys – Think about a lot, like how you're gonna approach a match, or when you get out there, it's just guns ablaze and let's work. So, Brett, think Brett is thinking of always trying to think of like cool shit to do, and but I'm the one that has to go. Okay, this is where we're gonna put it because this is where it makes sense to. So he comes up with the cool shit, and I figure out. Okay, this is where it's gonna go. I mean, if we're if we're completely breaking kayfabe and throwing it out the window, that's I, it's dead anyways. But anyways, so he'll come up with something, and then I go, okay, well, let, maybe let's not do this first thing. Let's put it over here. But no, uh, I, I find I work very well with guys that, uh, that are creative like Brett and because, like I said, they come up with, okay, let's do this and this, and I go, okay, well, let's tweak a little bit and let's place it over here because I'm, I'm not quite as creative, but I, I feel like uh, psychology-wise I, I have a – I have a good, uh, I, I have a knack for figuring out where, how to where it belongs. Pacing, essentially. Right, exactly. You want to pace your match. You don't want to have everything blow off in the first five minutes of the start of the thing and whatnot. Uh, it's interesting to note also that you guys, like, you have stock in this now, too. So it's not just a company that you're performing in. You also have other things you have to be thinking about. Does that almost create too much havoc <laughs> on your plate? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very much so. Um, and to be honest with you, again, you know, before before Scotty had moved here, uh, you know, d- d- you know, t- towards my area, we uh, we w- we didn't exactly talk all the time by any means, because I mean, with a lot of us, like you know, you're like, hey, I bet he's really cool to hang out, but it's like you just, the distance sometimes gets you kind of. It's thing. not like you want to drive to see somebody. Right, you right, right. Do that as your so career. so once he moved a lot closer, you know, uh, it, it, we actually got to kind of talk and kind of, you know. Uh, agree to disagree, if you will, because it's, it's the line that he always drops on me. He's like, well, ad- agree to disagree. I mean, we've had times where we completely disagree with something, and it's just kind of like we got to go, eh, it's, just, it's different different outlooks on things. We're just going to go this way and we'll go into something else. But uh, but he has definitely told me that uh, as well as my you know my other business partners as well as they're just like, man, like this is this is almost too much for you. Like, And it, and it can be. Um, I, I, I myself, I mean – you know, I, I try I, – I mean, I honestly, I get about three to four hours of sleep a night. Like, I always am keeping myself busy. So my hands are just always dug into something, doing whatever I can. 
and promoting, if you will, was n- not a good choice because ever like I look at it and I go, there's a lot of promoters who are not wrestlers. Like they are just doing it to be the boss. I don't want to be the boss. He just wants want to put himself over for the title. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let, let's break it down. That's what it really is. And when he's up to when he's only getting three, four hours of sleep, he's he's chasing ass. Don't don't let him fool you. <laughs> oh, he's busting. He wants to make himself the champion so he can show girls like, ooh, look at my pretty belt. Oh, oh man, no. that's what it is. That's no, no it, it's, you it's fucking very, mark. It's my it's, experience <laughs> that a lot of girls would think that's quite nerdy to go to that extreme. <laughs> just saying, but. Uh, it, it is. It's very. It is very daunting. I mean, it, you know. And he's even told me at different times that uh, he's like, man, he's just like, it, it's too much, you know. And and honestly, my other partners that are involved, I just kind of tell them half the time they ask me something I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, sure. And it's not that I don't care. It's just there's so much on my plate. And he's even said too. He's like, man, he's like, there's just so much on your plate. Like, what more do you want to do? You know. So it, that's where it kind of makes it a little difficult. Um, I think his heel tactics kind of pop out at you at different times, kind of go, you know, all right, you know, either stop being a bitch about it or, or just don't do it. Like, <laughs> so, you know, I wish I could have his mind, you know, d- dove in on it as well, um, you know, just because he does have a very good sense of it. Um, like you said, I mean, I'll give it to him. You know, he's a natural-born heel, and I thought I was too, and I quickly learned that, Clearly, I'm on the other side of the fence. So. It's, it's more fun to play heel, right, obviously. Oh, I mean, always. To be the heels to, is, is, I mean, I don't know if either of you guys have kids, but like. Uh, the, like, oh, like not that I know of. Okay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that I've been made aware of. Or, or younger siblings, rather. But like, yeah. like the, you know, young, like six and seven year old. It's funny to be mean heels to kids and then just let them win, like putting them over like that. It's right. great. But like, it, it's actually be that in front of an audience and feed on the energy of people hating you and going, it's working. What I'm trying to accomplish, they're buying into. That's got to be a huge, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Brandon? A validator to what you're trying to accomplish in your career as a wrestler. Oh, very much so. It's uh, And so, so many people are afraid to get, uh, so many people are afraid to get real heat anymore. And I, that's never ever scared me. And in, in fact, uh, one of my goals as a as a performer, I I want that old school. I want to start a riot. I want somebody to try to stab me. I mean, <laughs> if you're listening to this, don't try to stab me. Just to stab me. <laughs> I'm saying I want to get somebody so heated. Don't just bring a knife and be like, oh, this is what he wants. <laughs> but, he asked for it on the podcast. Yeah, ah, yeah. Ah, ah. But I, I, I want to get people so livid that they just lose their minds. It's, uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a lost art form. And, oh, well, that, that's what happened back in the day. No, you, you can still do it. It's, it's very Yeah, you, it's very possible. It's very attainable. Guy. I had a uh, um, actually a buddy of mine, uh, Jake Oman, I, I mentioned him earlier, um, I watched him uh, damn near start a riot in Ohio. Uh, this this big redneck guy, uh, half t-shirt, belly hanging out, all that shit, uh, was saying some uh, so, some very uh, derogatory things towards Jake that I'm not gonna say on the podcast. But but basically, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Basically, just oh, you're gay and all that so stuff. That's not appropriate for this totally, day and totally, age, right? Totally. So Jake She's egging just, him on, right? So Jake just full on kisses this guy on the mouth for real, 
And it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen oh, because funny. all of his friends get up there. They're waiting for us in the parking lot. Like, the people are losing their shit. And it was... I was like, I want that w- without kissing dudes with, <laughs> on the mouth. Like, not that there's anything wrong with that. I've, that. I've kissed a couple guys in my lifetime, but not into it. That reminds me of a guy that Brock Lesnar once faced in the UFC, Heath Herring. He was fighting in, like, pride wrestling, and this guy was just nose-to-nose with him and, and kissed him. And Heath Herring, before the match started, laid him out, and it was a no contest. Amazing. Because <laughs> dude kissed him. What? Oh, Amazing. Uh, okay, so let's get back into it. I'm going to ask a different question. We're going to shift gears here a little bit. All right. Brett, Scotty, think about who wants to answer this first. Moment that to this point defined your career. Things that stick out as like, I can't believe I got to do that. I can't believe I was a part of that. There was a, a night or a match or a moment or a, even a bump that you took that was like, holy shit, I can't believe I lived through that moment, you know? That's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, like, there's, there's, you know, we want to remember everything that we can. Like, I mean, especially early on, like, when we're still learning, like, some of that stuff, you know, I, I always make the joke of, like, um, you know, me now would, would, you know, kick the hell out of the guy that I was five years ago. And the guy that I was five years ago would have kicked the hell out of me when I was a, you know, a greenhorn, which is a, a very true. Like, we're always learning. We're always adapting. But it's like you still kind of respect the moment of, like, that was a learning experience. So it's very hard to say. Um, I mean, I, man, it's hard. And to think of it as one, I mean, I'll try to make it as quick as possible. But, like, Please don't. you know, my, my first one that comes to mind was I was about – Three years in, yeah, it was about three years. Uh, I went about two and a half years as a babyface into into wrestling because everyone just said, "Hey, you look, you know, you're this young babyface kid, oh you know." Um, thank you. We've, we're and, being brought something. And, this is amazing. Yes, what what we, is this that you brought got, us? We just got gifts. Spe- speak into the mic. What is this? That yeah, you there's a mic us? right here. These are bombs. They're um, what are they? I love it's, you for that. It's vodka and Red Bull. Well, we're They're gonna bombs. get to we're gonna get to bombs in the story here. But, uh, <laughs> Cheers. That, that's, that'll, Cheers. Be, that'll be a segue into live, where live I'm going shots with this. Right yes. So, um, oh, damn. thank you. So, the first one that sticks out, you know, is like I said, they they, they thrust me into the business, uh, if you will, as as a babyface. Again. Me just being stubborn about it, if you will, I kept thinking to myself, you know, I, 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 I got into wrestling because I want to be the bad guy. I want to be a bad guy. The bad guys fascinated me more. I, I, this is what I'm made to do. Never grasped it as being a good guy. Finally got the chance to say, hey, you're the guy that goes out there and they love you. Even if you lose every time, <laughs> oh, they no. love you. I don't care about, you know, like, you know, winning or losing. It's the fact of what impact did I make tonight? The only impact I was making up until then was just people got to the point where they said, yeah, we love you, but we'd love to kind of watch you get your ass kicked. (laughs) And I don't enjoy (laughs) people people (laughs) cheering me getting my ass kicked. So when I finally uh, was given the opportunity to kind of jump the fence, if you will, and and do what I thought I was meant to do – about two months into it, they said, hey, um, good news, kind of bad news too. 
again, being wrestling of it, if you will. You're working Zach Gowan night. That's great. You work Zach Gowan. I work Zach. I work Zach Gowan three times. Wicked. For that matter. Yes. Sure. I love Zach to death. I. It, Praise him to this. I uh, just talked with Greg, Gregory Iron last night. I mean, I've seen and talked to Gregory Iron more, but I've worked Zach three times. Um, you know, most people I think would know um, at that point. I mean, uh, the handicap heroes, all that. I mean, they're those guys are they're amazing workers. You know, Absolutely. In itself. Um, first time I ever met Zach. Sitting there talking, he kind of says, "Well, give me the synopsis of you." I said, "Hey, man, like, uh, you know, I was like." third you know my my third real match being a heel like i'm still trying to get the grasp of it and we get around to it and he just says you know well you know we're coming in to kind of kind of do the job but uh but i i'm i'm gonna be here tonight but i won't be here tomorrow i was like well well no and and, and zach says yeah he goes so we're gonna make you look like a million bucks tonight oh okay okay and Zach, not only did he, I mean, I beat Zach that night, but the biggest thing that stuck out to me was he said, I want you in this match to really pay attention to what you feel was the biggest, biggest moment, and I want you to come back and tell me. He goes, I'm going to tell you if you're right or you're wrong. And what it came down to was we didn't really, we didn't really talk about too much uh, in between them, but but uh, we were fighting amongst you know the crowd, and Zach puts me in like the second or third row, which I mean was pretty close to the ring still, but still a pretty decent distance away, and uh, you know he puts me in this chair, he starts lighting me up with some shots, and all of a sudden Zach just jumps up on the apron with you know I, with his one leg, and I'm like. What the hell is this guy about to do? And he hops up to the second rope and does a moonsault and just lays me out. And this chair implodes. <laughs> and the crowd just went ape shit. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, this is it. This is that moment that we're living in. Like, that that was like – and it really, like, it stuck out to me that I was like, okay, that was it. And when we came back and I was like, hey, man, this was it, Zach said, yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's goes, magic. He, yeah, he said he was like, you beating me, he was like shocked them all. But that moment when we blew that chair to pieces, he goes, that was that moment. He goes, and you got it. You know, so so from then on, I got it, you know. Whoa. Got some. So from then on. Oh, shit. So from then, so from then on, this is, me, this is me going a little heelish here. From, from here on, because we're talking about me right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, get back to it. Um, so, so that was a big learning experience. Like I said, that was about three or four years in. I'll and like I said, I'll try to, to fix it up here. Um, then, then again, it was the the big heel to baby turn uh, in in Infinity. Which That's because that kind of where you're at now. Uh, no, that was about that was about five or six years in. Um, okay. By the way, I mean for what it's worth, uh, the end of this month will be my tenth year uh, in the business of things. Uh, ten years flew by. As much as I hate to say it, I, it's hard to say I've been in ten years, but it's been a, a great learning experience. Um, I believe. Scotty was in a, uh, a triple threat 
to kind of set up for the number one contendership, uh, if you will, I think, for the heavyweight title that night. Um, but fast forward, like I said, I, I, it was a six-man elimination match to crown the uh, – well, we had the Arrow title. Um, and they said, hey, uh, you've been a, a heel for the last three years, but we're going to turn you baby all in a hunch, and, like, you know, you're, you're going to be the guy. And I was like, not going to work. Not gonna. I said, at the end of the night, I said, it's not going to work. I said, they're going to hate me. I mean, they had me going out with a female. I've been a he- I've been a bad guy for three years, and you got me going out with a female and telling me that I'm going to be a good guy at the end of the night. It worked. It really did. Um, match stood out. You know, to this day, that was a big moment, and which later on, I'll plug him on this. Uh, Scotty ended up beating me for that title, ending oh, my shit. ending my ending Damn my reign. Right. Oh, he, uh, snap. Stole my girlfriend from me, if you will. Yeah. Uh, sure and, did. And. Uh, yeah, so I mean, like those those are two big moments. Like those are two big things, and I mean, I I've only you know, I, I w- I'm not sure that I can really go much more off that. I mean, the the only other thing I could say is, you know, uh, we were talking about bombs. The you know, those are two matches that were top faves, if you will, and they stuck out in my mind. The next one was I used you know to to get myself out there from my my babyface heel run of things trying to find myself was I did a tag match at Infinity Pro um, and it was uh, it was revelation my group against the tsunamis and you know um, they, they beat us with the tsunami bomb that was the irony of the tsunami bomb that was that stands out as you know the top three to date that were like you know big career defining moments like even a tag match, like I was like, oh, I could be a tag wrestler, like with the right partner, you know. Um, but they'll just they'll always stick out. They were big, big time matches, big time moments, huge reactions, like really made me feel like I definitely belong where I'm at. Hell yeah, excellent. So, you know. Well, let's ask Scotty the same question. What about you? You've had some time to stew on this one now. Moments that yeah, just God stick damn, out. You're long-winded. I know. I'm Brett, sorry. It's I'm okay. Sorry. No, that was good. No, I, sure, uh, please do. <laughs> no, uh, no, not like you. Uh, <laughs> so easily, easily, the my biggest moment for me personally, uh, I uh, I got to hang out with Mean Gene Okerlund, which was phenomenal. Holy shit! Yeah, it was awesome. And uh, and I asked him. I said, Hey, man, I got uh, I had a uh, I had a match coming up with uh, Hardcore Holly, actually. I was like, hey, would you mind, uh, you know, because we were hanging out and stuff anyways. I was like, and, you know, it would be it would be crazy. It would be awesome if you could interview me about this match coming up. And he's, he said, yeah, I'll do that. So I had an interview with me and Gene Okerlund about my upcoming match against hardcore Bob Holly. And that was absolutely surreal. And, you know, me, me and Gene, he's... He, he's uh, he, he's an old man now. He's been around the block. So I was like, man, I gotta I gotta nail this promo in like one <laughs> take. I can't do like three, four, five takes because he's gonna be like, all right, fuck off, kid. He's right? like, I'm wore out now. Right, yeah, exactly. Totally. So I was like, I gotta nail this the first one. So I, I do the promo on Holly, and uh, after the promo, Mean Gene goes, and, and which by the way, I opened it up with, let me tell you, Mean Gene, because you have to, you have to, right? <laughs> 
I, I know that's old school, but I was like, man, I gotta let Take me tell you. Take it back to Hogan. Gene. Come on, you have now. to, right? You can't. So, and after afterwards, he goes, Mean Gene uh, pulls me to the side. He goes, man, you got a hell of a promo, kid. I'm like, I'm done. I can I can die now. Hang my hat. Mean Gene gives right, me the seal Gene, of approval. Yeah, I I got his seal of approval, and uh, and then I post it, and then you know you post it on social media and stuff, and uh, Bob Holly tweets at me. And he goes, hey, hell of, a pro- hell of a promo, kid. I'm still going to kick your fucking ass. <laughs> so I have to know, how did that match go? Oh, we beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> we, it was it was a lot of fun. It, uh, Man, I, I tried. I wanted to be I wanted to be the tough guy. And, uh, you know, he's chopping me. And I wanted to – I was like, all right, I'm going to take, like, a chop in every corner simultaneously from Hardcore Holly because I'm going to be a tough guy. After the third one, I'm like, fuck this. Not another one. Please don't hit <laughs> me I, again. I was like, I can't do this anymore. But, uh, yeah, we had uh, we, uh, a couple of my buddies were counting nine chops I oh took from gosh. Hardcore Holly. Oh, my gosh. And it sucked. And uh, but, but it's Holly. And I, I had his I, – I literally had a Hardcore Holly poster in my room when I was a kid. So – to be Spark sharing the plug ring with Holly, him. that's yeah. wicked. <laughs> Man. So, so to be sharing a ring with him and like, even though it sucked and he was beating the shit out of me, like it was hard to you know keep from smiling because I'm like, man, I'm getting the shit kicked out of me by Hardcore Holly right now. Yeah, it was, it was. So that was, uh, that was awesome. And hanging out, going to the bars with Mean Gene. Oh my man. god, that guy's got some stories and some miles just to. Oh, so we yeah we're at we're at this little shit kicker bar in this little town. Uh, I don't even know where we were at, but uh, <laughs> they rec- they recognize they recognize Gene Ogerland, right? So they they buy our food, they buy all of our drinks, and Mean Gene is telling the telling the people at the bar. He's like, "Well, this Scotty Young, this is a name that you're gonna be real familiar with sometime." I'm like, "Oh my God, Mean Gene's like putting me over, like." I'm pretty sure he's just fucking around, like, working these people <laughs> to get us more drinks. But, like, this is great. <laughs> this is amazing. Can we do this every weekend? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, that's an, that, those are, I mean, t- kind of totally different moments because yours is defined in a, a lot of things that, uh, like, happen in your career checking off validation, it seems, that you feel you know you belong. Because, I mean, there's a little bit of a size difference. You're a slightly smaller guy. This industry is not built on smaller built dudes, so sometimes it is harder. The flip with you, though, it's like you had moments of your childhood just give you the spark of why you do this in the first place. It was the Mean Gene Okerlund interviews with Hogan and Macho and all those guys, and it was watching Bob Holly in, you know, the Attitude Era kick the shit out of Al Snow or whoever he was fighting that night, you know, right. like being the hardcore champ. So... I think you guys have really cool journeys. The, the the I guess the next question would be, Brandon, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, what comes next? I know you kind of spoiled a little bit for him, but what what's your next move? You got to defend this outbreak championship. Yeah, I mean, like, and the ironic thing about that, the whole title there, um, you know, uh, to, to catch you guys up to speed, I started working for Emerge back. I mean, they've only been in in business for every bit of three and a half four years and it was about four or five shows in so like they run monthly um they were about four or five shows in 
and I've got a lot of my guys around. Like, I mean, Scotty was not involved with him, you know, even close to yet. Uh, and, and I kept hearing all my guys saying, hey, you know, like we're, we've told him, you know, uh, you know, Brett would be a good, you know, accommodation to the, to the company and everything else. And, and I was very much interested, and I reached out to them and told them I was interested, uh, which they, they didn't like my price. Uh, by any means, if we're shooting to that point. Um, but they were definitely, you know, I look at it as this. If you can go in to anywhere, in this case we'll say the U.S., if you can go into a state and work for the best promotion on a consistent basis, then you're, you're, you're doing pretty well. Absolutely. And, and I'm from Indiana, and I've worked for different companies in Indiana, Eight years ago, we'll just we'll throw out that we'll say eight years ago, Infinity Pro, not because I'm in with them now, they were the best promotion. They were the place to work, and I got in with them. Well, then again, they closed down, they opened up, they closed down. You know, I bought into them. It is my company. We're not the best. We are not the best, and I still say to this day, and merge is the place to be in Indiana because they, on a consistent basis, on a monthly basis, they have the biggest draw. That's the most important thing, getting to the people to see you. Yeah, and and again, you know, we're always taught, you know, whether there's 20 people or there's 2,000 people, you go out and you bust your ass. Absolutely true. But if we're being real, in this state, in my opinion, emerge on a consistent basis draws that so i wanted to be in with that company and when i came in with that company they instantly said you're you're gonna be one of our big guys cool took me three years to get this title three long years i mean scotty even to this day i you know i, I came across the he had cut a promo about it, you know, basically bitching about how I had had about nine different title shots at this belt. And very much so I did. Very much so I did. There was a lot of times I showed up to the showed up going, tonight's the night. They're going to put and me over tonight. it was not the night. Oh, shit. <laughs> it was not the night. Was that a grand scheme thing, or was this just an incidental, okay, it looks like we're going to have to go this route tonight, Brett, I mean, go. Are, we, are we full on shooting on this right now? Are we shooting to the to the gills here? If hey, we're shooting to you, the, if we're shooting to the gills here, what it comes down to is when I came in, um, they they wanted me to be this this bad guy. That wasn't gonna happen. I did my job. I, in the state of Indiana, I've been a lot of places. People know me. Whether I I, I go out and be the biggest dick in the world, my character in itself is a dick. Like, I am just an honest asshole, if you will. And people love it. They, they cheer for it. You know, a lot of my mannerisms, like, I mean, dude, I, I, I beautiful, beautiful Brett Havoc, and I just recently have transitioned over to Brett 50 Shades of Havoc. Oh, my to God, me, I it love it. it screams heel. <laughs> it screams heel. But people, they cheer it. They love it. They dig it. The girls dig it. Like, the guys, maybe not so much, but the girls dig it. And, and that's kind of the thing, you know. Um, and they had promised me, you know, right from the get-go, they said, hey, we're going to push you to be the champion. <laughs> Didn't happen. Fast forward a year later, hey, hey we're going we're gonna to put this belt on you. Didn't happen. And then all of a sudden, like, hey, 
Uh, and I just I cut him off. I was like, you don't know tell what? me. Just uh, yeah, I was like, just don't tell me. I'd rather you guys just it, it happens because at this point you promised me this and ain't gonna happen. But I was like, you know what? I love you guys. Like it's all good. We'll make it happen. And it finally happened. And I feel like you know if we did it the first or second time the way that we had discussed, it wouldn't have meant as much as it did this time because we always look for the big payoff in in, in this business and. It got its big payoff. Well, yeah, having tries over and over again and people noticing that you keep trying to win this thing and you keep coming up short, when you do finally grab it, it's that moment of just like, yes, this is all I wanted to see happen. Like, we knew it was going to happen. It didn't happen. Right, now right. Now we're here. Yeah. And, and, again, just my personal experience of it, it was very hard to, to kind of get with because, like I said, Scotty, you know, he, he joined in with the company, I would say, under a year ago. And he captures, you know, the heavyweight title. And it kind of, it makes me kind of go, well, man, like he, he got kind of thrust right into it, which what I thought that's taken me three years. And it's no, nothing out of spite by any means. It's just like timing. Timing, timing in is the a path. big thing. Scotty came in and he killed it to that point. And like he has done to that point. And then when we got our big payoff, you know, and I, and I finally captured it. Like that, that, I can't change that. Like that, it's 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 that moment that's there, and that's what we live for. And like, that's still learning experience. Ten years later, still you know, learning. I'll just go ahead and say ten years. You know, even though it happened back in June, like ten years in, into wrestling, I'm still amazed to just go. Well, I agree to disagree, but here it is. And that's what I said with you about me and Scotty. Like, we have a lot of those things where we have hit heads on, and it's like he's looked at me and said, agree to disagree. And, like, I hate it, but it's so true. Yeah. You know, it's that moment you find it, and it's there, and that's what happens. You know, I have no spite against him or whatever else. Like, you know, he, he earned it as I've earned mine, you know, and that's why I can say that. He can say that I'm a big asshole and a big kiss ass but he probably will too <laughs> as, as i've learned but, right but i mean that's how i feel you know so shit man brandon do you got any add-ons anything you want to look on the inside of these guys it's cool to talk to guys who are in the the harder in my opinion the harder working scene this is the thing that you guys are doing this for the love of the business first and foremost you're not probably making a million dollars a weekend you know it's not anything great like that but uh, like I'm in a band, I know what it's like to get the payoff from people telling, like, validating you by the cheers or interaction or whatever it is. So it's it's really cool to interact with you guys and learn, you know, some of the backstory. So, so can I can I ask a question? I mean, the microphone. <laughs> let me let me ask. Roll reversal. Roll reversal. Uh, so, Brandon. What do you do on this podcast? All right, so <laughs> because every time he goes, do you have a question for him? What are you doing? You go, Duh. well, here's hey. the thing. <laughs> I, I took a seat back because the story here is you guys, not me. Totally. You know, uh, I easily could have like stepped in and just started talking, but you know, sometimes uh, I'm here for the hot tag if he needs it. There you go. Okay, uh, that that's a good answer. That's a good last answer. Last time someone offered me a hot tag was when I finished up with my son's mom, and he said, "Hey, can you want me to go in there?" I said, <laughs> "Hell no, I don't." <laughs> so I don't know about the whole hot tag, brother. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm just being honest here. Can we end on that note? Can we end no, on that can note? Can we please? I would love to get Let some questions say, from he you. He said the hot tag on me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would love, <laughs> I would love to get the questions in here from you. 
Hot tagging baby mamas. It does. Uh, oh, that's, we're gonna call it a night, folks. I think. <laughs> I'm I'm ready for more. If, if you want to hit us with some questions, I'm good for it. How are we gonna, gonna top that? I mean, it was pretty good. It was my bad. <laughs> I didn't mean to kill it. There. I just think it's cool. You know, I I've lived in the area for you know about ten years. I remember there was a promotion that would come through, not based out of here, but they would like you know this would be one of the stops. You know, as they right. move around the state, and I, and I just think it's cool that you're kind of bringing it back. You know, a promotion back local. Uh, you know, to do some stuff because it makes I, me want to drive two hours to come see you guys wrestle. I mean, that's obviously got to say something. Yeah. I mean, you know, hell yeah! I just feel like you know the scene misses it. So yeah, yeah, and especially with like Nick Maxson and the Doom Room, those guys are brilliant with putting on shows. Like the 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 Lafayette market is ripe for stuff to come back and for people to want to do it. You know, this is a campus town that I think for a long time kind of fluttered by the wayside and a lot of people think about it. So to have cool things like wrestling and shows and shit come back is is amazing. You're doing something that's way bigger than you guys now. Because when you're done wrestling, if you still are a part of uh, Infinity Pro, you're still going to be booking and helping new guys come up and start right. their journeys and all this stuff. And that's the beautiful thing of it, you know, yeah. is the is the future of it all. And you know, poor poor Lafayette and poor poor Indiana as a whole has been subjected to such terrible, terrible, terrible wrestling <laughs> in the past. And I it it's my it's my goal in all seriousness. I want I want to show Indiana. I want to show the world that Indiana is not just the the shitty state with wrestling. All right, there's there's a lot of great talent in Indiana that's just waiting to break through. Uh, me and Brett Havoc are two of them. Uh, you got your Jake Owens, you got your Keith Creams, you got your Russ Jones. I Ace mean, there's Perry. the Ace Perry, Ace Perry, Dale Patricks. Shout out to some of my guys. Any anybody that I didn't we're, name, we're, fuck off. We're the heart of the Midwest. We aren't we aren't the the cross the what is it the crossroads of in of the Midwest. We are the Midwest. Yeah, Ohio's Indiana. Ohio's getting all this attention right now. Fuck you, Ohio. Yeah. It's oh. Indiana. It's Indiana all OV, day. OVE is not over, huh? You guys aren't fans of OVE. <laughs> I ain't trying to get heat with that. <laughs> You're gonna have an <laughs> IVE hey, versus hey, hey, OVE. Hey. But if OVE's listening, fucking me and Brent Havoc challenge you to a tag match. <laughs> oh shit, Dave. Dave, Chris, we we just. Am squashed. I gonna get kissed again? What Last no. time OVE was in town, I got kissed. Dude, I'm about to kiss you right yeah, now. Yeah, well, I know I'm pretty. Well, Dave, I know I'm pretty. For, for the record, Dave kissed you, and me and Dave had heat for about ten years, and we just squashed that. So, by God, Dave, I hope Scotty's not getting us more heat. Um, so, so Dave, wait, 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 fuck Ohio, fuck Ohio. Hold up, hold up. Was Dave so a I hot tag to your baby mama? <laughs> <laughs> so I get, a, I, get a, I, I get a kiss from Dave, and I get a soup, half-ass super kick from my best friend. Ooh. What's happening now? I didn't know I was. Uh, I wasn't trying I threw, to take I your threw head you. Off. I threw you weapons, and Dude, I uh, then I got kicked in the mouth. I thought you were about to be like, I didn't know you were my best. Or he, I was your best <laughs> friend. Like fuck <laughs> you, dude. I like, know you were my best friend. Like, how are you gonna call me out on the podcast <laughs> well, like that? Now it's awkward. During a match, I throw this guy fucking weapons, and then he uh, decides to kick me in Dude, the are you going to introduce yourself on this thing? You yeah, just, like, I mean, come in, buying people shots, and, like, talking about getting kissed by dudes. The that's that's how I shit. do 
this. Nobody That's how knows I do who this. The fuck I interrupt this. This is old school, still the show. I'm going <laughs> to fucking do yes, it. Yes, I love it. Oh, hell it yeah. This isn't I'm marking out. <laughs> hey, look, look, I know you, but for the sake of the fans listening to this, who the fuck are you again? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually good. My name is Brandon Edging. Welcome to and the And I just love wrestling. Fucking A. My jacket's <laughs> filled with pins. Macho Man, NWO, Rowdy Piper. Rocking the all-in shirts. All-in. Be- and not because I bought it online a month after. I bought it at the show. Fucking A. That Sold out awesome. in 30 minutes. Mark. <clears throat> Goddamn, oh, you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> what were you doing that weekend? I was in Vegas, you asshole. Oh, damn. (laughs) By the way, I was spending my first trip ever in Vegas. Don't remember much of it, but I hope All In was great. It was. One of the best wrestling shows I've ever seen. Apparently, I picked the wrong weekend. This is falling apart. I picked the wrong weekend. (laughs) Going off the rails. All right, folks. Well, I am going to regain control here. Yeah. And say, we're going to call it the end of this episode. I want to thank. Brett, Scotty, Brandon, Brandon, uh, for joining me today on Journey into Wrestling Season 3, Episode 8. We also had uh, Casey Taylor in the first hour there. That was awesome to have him on. Uh, Make sure to check out Survivor Series happening. Well, it's actually happening right now. Yeah, we already had the kickoff match. One minute. Who won that kickoff match? Team SmackDown wins the kickoff match. I said that. They can't overcome the uh, Usos and New Day. It it ended up being the Usos versus the, uh, the Revival. Fuck the revival. Fuck you, man. I love the revival. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. I think that's going to do it for Journey into Wrestling. I've been Nate. Been Brando. And we will see you guys later.